Magic Without Fears, Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. Oh, I guess we're going. All right. Welcome, Jeffrey Lee Contreras, to Magic Without Fears, this special in memoriam edition for our dearly departed friend. But um, we won't dive straight into that, I reckon, because uh, you were going to tell me what are some of the secrets of the Illuminati that I might not have noticed that are like right in front of our eyes. And I just have to know that. And I think other people have to know. Okay. Most people have an iron deficiency. So make sure you're getting your, getting some good iron. So once that's the foundation, once you know, you can just build upon that. Got to stay healthy. One thing about Paul, he was a healthy guy. I mean, I'm almost positive using supplements, he gained an additional three hours a day. How? Nobody knows. That was part of his magic. <clears throat> like he had basically like he had access to a 27 hour day. Exactly. What what did he I guess he didn't sleep much? No, he slept quite a bit. I mean, he was a good sleeper. He just was more efficient than most too, but uh you know, yeah. I think he just I think he just had the hustle. I mean, he had the hustle. He could do 11 things a day. Hmm. Amazing. He often did. Yeah, he was he was young when you met him, right? Teen, a teenager. Uh, let's see. I think he was in Texas for almost seventeen years, so I probably knew him a good chunk of that, almost all of it, actually. No. So yeah, for about seventeen years. Is it true he was uh, as a kid? He was uh, of uh, emo variety. Uh, I, I that's what I've heard. I you know, I wasn't. I was a goth kid. What kind of were you? Uh, I was. Oh man, I guess I was a head. I don't know because what were heads? You know, like heads, you know, they're like uh guys who like to smoke weed and yeah. think about things. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I was in that <clears throat> click, I guess. It was weird because all my classes I was taking were I was in the grade ahead of my normal grade, and so I didn't have a lot of classes with my friends. And so they always thought I was kind of a heady guy, and I got high a lot. what about you you were the nerd yeah well you know i was like a mixture of goth and theater kid oh with, that's uh, right like, you just did like, LARP. You know, dungeons, dungeons and dragons no well larping didn't exist when when we were doing it so it was improv we were doing improv acting and a lot of us were theater like into the theater and plays that we did at schools and i put on a lot um i like directed many plays in high school and wrote the many and basically ran the theater thing thing because it wasn't really there and we just sort of made it you know 20 of us kids just kept putting on plays and bilking our parents for like way too much money of course yeah. for, our, for our school trips and stuff like i would put on poetry readings and all, and all the kids would get involved because it was a chance for them to hang out on a friday night and all the parents would come out and we charge them like 50 bucks a head and then do auctions that would go up in the hundreds 
and they wow. like didn't and then i and i all to me be forced to listen to like me read poetry and other kids read poetry they wrote or put on plays yeah it was it was a good grift <laughs> sounds like it no it was a, it was wonderful experience and everyone actually really sincerely enjoyed it and yeah i like to pretend it was uh something else but it no it was a beautiful thing and waldorf school is the place to do it so that's the first yeah. time i ever heard about waldorf school when you told me about it yeah yeah how long have we known each other since nine we met august 1st 1997 yep, when i was 16 in los angeles wow that's a long time yeah dan ortiz and nancy picked me up from ontario airport and drove me to a house and then i think then we picked you up there and we all drove to maria's yeah and then she fed us huevos rancheros until we died i don't think we died i think we lived no we couldn't not with all like the the hour-long morning middle pillars feckin didis had us doing you know some people that's just what they do <laughs> you know damn that's crazy i guess uh if you're watching this video you probably know that you know our brother paul rana he had an accident i think it was what february 6th uh i believe so and uh last monday yeah yeah and he passed and he's no longer with us and so i've been dealing with that all week and I, you know one thing i mean i knew this already but when you see it it really drives it home. Paul was loved by everybody. I mean, I've talked to almost maybe 250 people over the phone or through the text or whatever social media platform. I mean, people have been reaching out. Yeah. I think I cried enough all week that I won't I won't weep tonight, so Okay. Don't you is give me started. Is that a is that a promise or a bet? I I hope so. We'll try and invoke <laughs> Ed's spirit to uh, keep us uh, hardcore metal. Well, Paul would appreciate Stoic. that. Don't you have? Don't you hard... think, what would your chapter on Stoicism say? This is one of your books, yes. "Hacking the Human Experience: A Thirty Day Reprogramming Handbook" by Jeffrey Lee Contreras. And you have you have a chapter on Stoicism. And uh, the practicing Stoic. Yeah, I actually have quite a few, quite a few chapters deal with Stoicism because it's a, it's like a four pronged attack on changing yourself, and one of that, one of the whole prongs is Stoicism. Uh, obviously, uh, there's prayer, uh, manifestation, and then you got to do something physical, you know. So, I think it's a good layout in the book. You know, there's really they, a lot of people argue these days, is the, brain, is the brain like a computer or is it not like a computer? Well, it doesn't matter. But if you think it is, then treat it like one. And if you think it's not, don't treat it like one. Whatever you choose, just use it. And uh, I don't know, the, the computer thing works for me because that's how, my, that's how my brain works. You know, if I see something, if I know I have to remember it, I'll, in my head, I'll make an imaginary file. I'll open up a folder. I'll title the folder. I'll put that experience in there and I'll close the file and then I'll shut it up. And then I have a better chance of remembering that later. Yeah. But get rid of it, you know, because if you just let it sit there in the lower part of your memory spots, 
it's going to get back kicked to the back and you can only can only remember i think what is it four things yeah i think it's four things at once in your active memory the fifth thing pushes out the first thing and the sixth thing pushes out the third thing you know what i mean yeah so if you've got something in those four spots and you want to remember it you should write it down Well, yeah, I certainly like to write things down and, and take notes. <clears throat> yeah, I came up with the, oh, well, yeah, I come up with things all, all night and then grab the computer and I'm writing and writing. It's just constantly like that. Um, and trying to distract myself with work, of course, with uh, from from the tragedy. And uh, how would he want to be remembered? How would he, is he like a, a wake kind of guy or solemn? Or uh, what no, he's kind of like a party situation? type of guy. You want people to have, you would want, Paul was, you know, he couldn't stand going to a place and have everybody be down. He was the type of person who would, even if, even if it was something like this, he, he would give everybody's spirits up. You know, that was just the type of guy he was. So, yeah. I think the memorial is going to be nice. We're going to have a memorial for him on a Monday, uh, Monday, and it will be uh, live streamed. So... I'll try to get you that information as soon as I do that way. Maybe you can get it to the people your people who watch your show or whatnot. Uh, maybe you have a newsletter or whatever they do these yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely put the word out. If about any details. I think yeah. I have the details. I just don't have I, I'll get them to you soon. <clears throat> maybe even before the end of the show. We'll see. Yeah, so so you uh did you meet him in in a, in an order, or did you meet him in the Sadala I actually didn't. You know, Paul moved down here. He got himself a girlfriend, and I think in like four or five months, he, he had a Thanksgiving dinner at his house. And he had already joined the Masons, so we met a couple of our you know, a couple of our mutual friends. Uh, one of them, Mark, and uh, and I don't know. They just hit it off, and so Paul invited Mark. Thanksgiving. He said he could bring some friends. I was one of the friends, and that's how I met him. Yep. Yeah. That was a dynamo. I bet. Well, yeah, like, was, like I was saying before we started the show, I, that dude, he had some kind of potion, an elixir. I don't know. Maybe it was some salve. I don't, I don't know, but he used this stuff, and it gave him 27 hours a day. Yeah, he was. He did a lot in a short amount of time. Like to be not, you know, to have been a, an a, an adept in the Sadalitis Rosea Crucis, which is a Golden Dawn order, and then head of his head of the Martinist order. I don't know how to pronounce it really. How you pronounce it? And my French is, of course, perfect. So I would say like Ordre Martinis Souverain. But oh I, my gosh, I, that's I that's the French. most beautiful pronunciation of that I've ever heard. Good job. How do you all say it? I say OMS. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to sound like Texan would say it, and uh, with emphasis. So you're not into Martinism specifically for the French. No, that's like the fourth. No, that's like the the seven. Uh, that's like the fourteen, seventeen. It's yeah, it's on the list though. Why I like it. It's in the twenties somewhere. Gotta love French, right? Love French fries. We just had bad French teachers and good German teachers, so I I 
you know, went with the good teachers. The bad te- bad teachers can make things seem so much more difficult than they need to be. Yeah, I bet. It's more like banging your head against the wall. So. Yeah, our teachers weren't very interactive, so we don't know. We don't yeah. know what that experience is like. I don't anyway. Yeah. I think I always taught, my, taught myself anyway. If I thought it was interesting, I'd learn. I learned about it. How did Paul get into Martinism? Do you know? Uh, he was in Europe, running around over there and meeting a whole bunch of new people, and that's where he found out about it. And I think, actually, I don't know if he was in that first group of Martinists, the new the new Martinists here in Texas. I can't remember if he was there or not. I don't think he was. But it was around 2000. Oh, no, he couldn't have been because that was in 2005. All right. Uh, is, I think he, he he knew some people who were in it. And do you know what what compelled him to uh, eventually form his own order? I think it was, I'm pretty sure for Paul, it was the French. He yeah. loved it. Oh, yeah, he loved French. That's uh, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, so that's how that's how he ended up finding all the documents that he found. He just kind of combed the French uh, libraries. Almost all that information is online these days. He would just look at different manuscripts, see if he could find a name that he recognized. And if he could, he'd try to you know, cross reference with another name before you know it. Man, we've got so much information that's really fits together so nice and well. And it tells the whole story and it's great. And he carried that. And I'll tell you what, that boy was phenomenal. Yeah, but after he jo- after he joined the Masons, I, I think, uh, you know, he joined the Golden Dawn group out here. And he excelled in that. Uh, he pretty much excelled in everything he did. Uh, there was like... Um, ecclesiastica type of uh, vein that we have and i mean he jumped headfirst into that and i mean he was he loved doing that and then he started i guess doing martinism and then that's kind of where he hit his stride finding all those documents and just having the network of resources that he did when he you know through freemasonry he was able to accomplish quite a bit he really knew how to get the best out of little bitty situations or how to tie them together and make one better thing yeah you know i used to joke around and say paul was like a hufflepuff but if if, you know if you think about what the earth attributes are i mean he was like a hufflepuff you know i don't know if you assign the elements to harry potter schools but i haven't heard that before what are so what are what are they maybe they're obvious i have never thought of i've never bothered to think about it what do you think a gryffindor is fire yeah, of course. And what is the Slytherin? Water. Yes. And then the Ravenclaw. It's a bird. Air. Yes. Air. And yeah, that's, then my, that's my house, man. And then there's the Hufflepuffs. I think you think turtles. Paul was a Hufflepuff? Yeah. He was definitely, you know, he, yeah. But that being said, if he was in Harry Potter's world, he would have been the star of that movie, not Harry Potter. <laughs> No shit. Have you seen those jump kicks? 
<laughs> I'm just telling you. And that's the type of guy you Paul was. Didn't matter. Yeah, you could write him as, as the number four, you know, red shirt on Star Trek. If he was a red shirt on Star Trek, he'd live past the first scene. That's what yeah. Paul was yeah, to be that accomplished in martial arts and and magic and and also like initiatory mystery schools is it's a lot. And then the masonry thing, just yeah, he was constantly giving lectures. Yeah, he took to it. Um, he took to it like all a fish over. to water. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And his magical work was was just no joke at all. Like when when uh, he did a guest lecture for us, of course, and was going to do going to be doing it. He was supposed to be on the podcast right now. This is why so we were sort of doing this. That was the first thing. I was like, holy shit, like both him and Augie were scheduled for for uh, February and they're both gone wow. now. And it's just fucking, you know, a one two combo at the start of the year. It's like, fuck, is this <laughs> I hope this is not how the rest is, because this is taking a heavy toll in a short amount of time not to mention the you know the alien invasion i know and the and the attack on our nation's infrastructure we shot it down but we can't find any bits of it it sank the water's oh, very deep y'all probably aren't getting that news huh america's under attack it, it appears they've been yeah, attacking our power grids they've been attacking our railroads oh that's crazy another, there was another attack today in arizona i think crazy man yeah it's very hard to imagine a future without without paul edward rana man like jesus little yeah. Filipino jesus i want to know what he'd say about everything <laughs> Uh, you know what? He probably wouldn't even dwell on it one bit. He'd probably start talking about something else that was more interesting and uh, more upbeat and beneficial towards all. Yeah, for sure. Though he'd comment on an alien invasion if we actually get that. Right. And that would be, you know, then I want to know what everyone thinks. Oh. Well, I know what I would think right off the bat. You think it's already begun. Well, sure. yeah, but I don't. I think I don't know. You know what? Everybody keeps saying it's they're starting Project Bluebeam. They're starting Project Bluebeam, but I think it can't work for them now. There's too many people that know about Project Bluebeam, and they're not going to fool everybody. And the ones that the, the percentage of people that they don't fool right off the bat would put them like in the middle to the late rounds of any other conspiracy theory when they you had you know everybody believing them at once you know there's it's a process of chipping away at the stone until you get that critical mass of people and then you realize oh damn it the conspiracy theorists were right so is project blue beam essentially the idea that the government's gonna use aliens to distract from what it's actually doing yes that would be like holographic ships it'd be either an invasion or an I guess introduction, but uh, more models say it'd be it, they do the invasion route. I don't know why that seems stupid to me. I think they do better if they did the introduction script, but it doesn't matter. It's all fake. So I mean, but yes, there's intelligent races out there, and yeah, we probably are interacting with them, and a lot of them. And I don't know. I see it in all the other timelines. I just don't see it in this timeline very obviously. 
I don't know why that is, but. Do you think, do you think we can experience those other timelines? Oh yeah. With, with, through, uh, through DMT. You don't even need DMT for that. I mean, that's some sideways action. Well, I'm just guessing at what, how you're, what you're talking about or what techniques you're discussing, whether it's psychedelic or just magical or spiritual or. No, it's kind of like meditative, I guess. I mean, it's kind of yeah. like, it's kind of like astral projection, except okay. you're astraling to a different timeline. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, there's just like a little box. You just push the button and it'll just shuffle the timelines. There's filters. You can add filters if you want to. That's yeah, a great app. Hmm. Have you, uh, is Paul the kind of magician like, like the Jake Stratton Kent style that would want to be summoned after or have people tried to talk to him or is he more the type to be like, see ya, <laughs> it's been good. You know, I think he had different, he had different, uh, operations for both of those occasions. And Paul was never one to not have an occasion. So we did work all the time uh, when he was around because it was so easy to say yes to doing work when he asked, you know, yeah, you want to do some work? I said, well, you know, you might, you can think of several reasons why you don't want to feel like doing any work, whatever, but, you know, you had a long day. Uh, you didn't come to the guy's house to do work. You know, there's a whole bunch of reasons that go through your head, you know, and then, you know, you look at him and he's excited. He's always excited when he asks you, you want to do some work? And then, you know, if he sees you're kind of like on the fence, he'll talk you into it. He'll be like, oh, come on, dude. We can do that ritual that we've been wanting to do for all this time. That's perfect, perfect settings for it right now. All right, let's go do it. You know, he can always talk you into doing some ritual work. What's a basic or regular daily Martinist work sort of look like compared to Golden Dawn or even pagan practices? How would it's, you more it's more prayerful. Yeah, I think that's about the only thing, really. Because after the prayer, we still would do the normal things that, you know, in other groups, they might start with that. Our, our ending is their middle or their near beginning. You know, we still get to the same place. We just cut out the middle and the beginning. Interesting. We just get straight to the end. Cool. Yeah, and the order will be all will live will survive without him. That's something you seem to have mentioned before. That it, Dude, I tell you, um, yeah, the order will be fine. Paul's legacy will live on for sure because that that fool wrote about twenty two books. He did so many videos that still haven't been uploaded to YouTube or anything like that. He gave so many lectures. He recorded almost all of them. So. I know uh, I'll probably have another couple books coming out in the next few years, just a bunch of stuff that he was working on that we'll make sure it gets done. And yeah, I mean, oh, and we have that TV show coming out too. I forgot all about that. What's this? Oh yeah. Uh, Paul was in uh, LA. This was in December, late November, early December. Uh, there was uh, they're filming some show, some documentary series. They were going to be talking about, you know, esoteric orders. 
and it said like what's well, I don't know nine ten episode show. And one of the episodes, Martinism was going to be one of the episodes. And they were going to interview a lot of different Martinist groups, but definitely the OMS was one of them. And and I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm almost positive that Paul is the co-host. Because when he went there and he filmed his show, he did so well. The guy said, man, you want to you be like a co-host? And we can then, because you seem to know so much stuff and you can talk about all the other groups too. And he was like, oh, yeah, sure, let's do it. <laughs> so yeah, that'll be coming out soon. That's amazing. That's very exciting news. Yeah, that's... I, they, I think they said springtime, maybe. I don't know. It's going to be like on Hulu or Netflix. I forget. But I'll definitely let you know when I find out. That's that's wonderful. I'm, uh, yeah. It's uh, bittersweet, too. For sure. He's going to. Yeah. Whether, whether he's I know he was too young. He was too young for the song, but Paul liked all kinds of rock music, and he would have said, "You know, it's better to burn out than to fade away." Yeah, yeah, he and certainly that's, had, that's seems to have had that kind of mentality. He lived that though; he really did. I tell you, I went to uh, Brazil with him. It was great two two and a half weeks, whatever it was, and uh, it was amazing. But every day, every free every free minute we had when we weren't doing ritual or had lectures or anything like that, every free minute, Paul had something for us to do. And I'd be like, going, dude, it's every minute. I'm going to go to the room. I'm going to skip these next three, four things. And uh, I'll see you in the morning. Because <laughs> he, he didn't have an off button. Yeah. It's wonderful. He was a dynamo of life. And uh, yeah. I think we did 16 initiations in a three day period. When we went down there, it was amazing. I love that place. I love Brazil. Yeah. Paul took me hiking on a trip there. And when Paul takes you hiking, it's not no like, you know, my idea of hiking is we're going to go over there. Okay, that's fine. At least I can see it. And it's kind of like on the same, you know, plane. It's not like this. It's like this, you know. And so it's cool. Okay, I can see it. Yeah, we'll hike over there. You know, when we hiked in Brazil, he took me on this trip to Mordor, throw the ring over the edge, thing, uh, hike. And whew, I did not know if I was going to make it. But I did. Obviously, I'm here talking to you. And uh, I did get one of the coolest pictures ever from that hike, even though I hated the hike. I hated the way up and I hated the way down. I did get one of the coolest pictures of, that somebody's ever taken of me. And Paul was the guy who took the picture. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How's this? family doing you know they're devastated obviously i mean you have paul in your family you think you know he's gonna outlive everybody you should have seen all the supplements hey. he took i mean he took a ton of supplements but he was so active and he was healthy so i can't fault him i can't blame him whatever he was doing he was doing right yeah we talked a lot um yeah, a lot. And uh, 
such, such a loss. It's crazy. Yeah, the book you know, you to, whenever whenever you were doing something with Paul, if you weren't prepared to go all in, no matter what it was, then um, you were going to have problems. So uh, you had to make sure you were up for it. I would I never tried to drink with him because we could drink. That the hiking thing, oh my god, the running, just. You should, he had a nice, he had a really, really nice gym in his garage. And I'll tell you what, do all the boxing stuff, all the yoga stuff. I didn't mind none of the yoga stuff. Boxing stuff, I didn't like too, too much for me. My cardio, I guess I need better cardio, but whatever. Yeah, you had to be all in. And I lived with that guy for like, I don't know what, five or six years. And I got so much shit done in those five years. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> It's infectious, you know. It's like, wow. Look back on those times and I was like, going, really? I did all of that shit? Okay. Well, then, won't be repeating those things. I'll be moving on to something else. What were some of his other qualities, exciting qualities as a roommate? Oh, dude. You didn't ever have to have pressure on being the life of the party. Because as long as Paul was there, you didn't have a chance of being life of the party. So you could just put in, put in second gear and coast. Just that chill. was always nice. Just yeah. enjoy the show. Exactly. Yeah. That's great. Uh, oh, my God. And the number one thing, number one, without a doubt, Paul could make the best breakfast tacos that you could ever imagine. They were uh, eerily good. And I can't believe I'll never get another one of them. Man. That boy could cook. I mean, he learned how to make the six mother sauces from scratch. What is that? He learned how to make the six mother sauces from scratch. What are the mother sauces? What's the matter with you? I'm Canadian. Did you just ask me what mother sauces? The, yeah, the, not... the, the mother sauces are the sauces that you make all food out of. Okay. So if there's food and, you know, you, you need a sauce with it and it's going to be one of those four. Like vinegar? Or a derivative, or a derivative of. No, it's like, you know, like a marinara, I think tomato sauce. No, I think it's marinara. It's the six mother sauces. One is like, um, I can't remember them it's because we were just talking about them. Anyway, it's the foundation. <laughs> it's some, it's, this is one of the foundations of cooking, so. And he taught, just would teach himself. Hmm. I think he really, uh, Paul just liked to do things. That, that's it. And if, if, there was a, yeah, if he from, could find 10 minutes in the day where he wasn't doing something, the next day he'd be doing something in that 10 minutes. And it, the, the variations of things that he did, he might never do the same thing in two weeks. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a rare skill to be able to do that and also get things done. Oh, he got things done all right. Yeah.
you have to be uh, very mercurial to handle that without becoming scattered and ineffective. But that's what we're all about, eh? Yeah. Becoming like Mercury. Yeah. Well, how's 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 life outside of Austin? Uh, no, it's not too bad. It's just I'm tired of city life. Yeah. Well, you're you're in the country still, right? So I am. Would you like, would you like to be more in the country, like further away? Yeah, I think so. Especially, like I said, now that we're under attack or something. Something's going on here in America. It's crazy. You gotta, gotta know about right all the train train derailments we've had recently. I do. UFOs. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's also been attacks on our power grid. Yeah. Yeah, something's going on. Yeah, most yeah. people I, I think I know are pretty. If I was a conspiracy out. guy, I would probably say. Looks like the Illuminati is cashing in and they're playing all their cards right now. Could be Blue Beam, could be anarchist, country disruptor dividers, George Soros paid lackeys. Never had a job in high school. Probably not to college either, but that I digress. And uh, yeah, we're being attacked over here. And by balloons, too. Who uses a balloon as a weapon? You know how traumatizing that can be? I, uh, I, I guess, you know. Yeah, sure. I mean, depends, depends if it's like, you know. They might as well yeah. have used a clown. That's how bad it could be. I don't know if it's CIA. You know, I was thinking the other day about how uh, if they're gonna you know clamp down on on censorship on podcasts but then i found out and rec i recalled i found out that what that spotify or someone had bought a company that basically it changes your so like it would make it so that i could speak into the podcast and then it would change my voice to say something else based on who's listening so say like things, else? things might get to the stage where what people hear you say is not what uh -huh. you said, and it's tailored to each person in your voice. Yeah, like deep faking. And that might just become a standard form of censorship if things go really wrong. Which would be would be kind of hilarious, but also terrifying, of course. Because uh, then there'd be no point for you to even talk, and of course right. that might be what that might be the goal. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I said, I don't. I'm an optimist, so I'm going to go with the that we won already. And uh, this is just a, the dying pangs of a power structure that's long since passed its due of dying. End of empire. Yeah, definitely transformation. Yeah. Um, a lot of what's going on now, uh, I mean, is, is very, is very Pluto and Aquarius, of course, like death and transformation and okay. in a, on a communal level. And we got Saturn there as well, I believe. Yeah. So, hmm. and that's also Aquarius is also the androgynous sign. Remember it's also androgynous. So that you mix with Pluto 
and Saturn. Yeah, that it really sense. explains what's going on in another wow. area that we probably shouldn't talk about. I can't believe that. Is that true? Yeah. Well, that does make a lot of sense. Boy, they are piggybacking on that energy, and I bet you that's a nice, strong, low draw. You know what I mean? That All you just, need to do is add a couple even sacrifices pulse. It doesn't even pulse. Moloch. It just keeps going, going forward. There's not even nothing like that. It's just push, a slow push. Because, yeah, that's some power right there. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's always it's always fun. Uh, you know, I obviously have a good astrology teacher and I've had many good astrology teachers, but one in particular. And uh, yeah, it's it's one thing that's fun, always fun about ast astrologers is is they tend to look at things like with a yeah, they look at what's going on. Like yeah, of course this is happening. Why are you why are you so upset about it? You know? Okay. Yeah. Now I'm always like, it should, well, it, it's it should bad. make like a, a one <laughs> What's hour. Happening bad? Uh, what do you call those? A, like a comedy drama, like Roman. And it could be like an hour long. And what you could do is you could teach people astrology with it. And you would have, <laughs> you would have 12 settings. And there's 12 settings would, you know, read the 12 houses. And then you, the characters would be the planets. Okay. And they would have the attitudes based off of. What their predominant you know traits were the planet and they would change as they move from setting to setting and then you can have them interact with the other planets in conversation and talk about how the aspect you know affects whoever it's affecting it could almost be like a conflict thing and yeah i think that would be easy easy to produce we should do that all right yeah cool after I'm done, fifteen people. Other things. You got other things to do. I'm supposed to be working on this this uh, musical, but dude, I'm I'm supposed to be working on my second book, and I wrote a whole screenplay in between. <laughs> so there. Yeah, yeah. Tell tell me again about your second book, and uh, and uh, it's a, it's not a cartoon. No, it's not a cartoon because cartoons are no. But it might become a cartoon. I don't know. I was I was editing it the other day, and I was thinking to myself, you know, this is kind of like just a collection of memes that go that are theme, you know, themed memes, kind of. I mean, they weren't actual memes, but but I noticed that's how they were. It was a lot of a lot of panels. I used the story made its point within the panel. And then you go on to the next panel, you know what I mean? Instead of having to pay attention to every panel, but I guess that's because there's no real star of the book. Oh, well, it's a graphic novel though. And uh, dude, I tell you what, graphic novels are harder to do than I thought they were. <laughs> mm -hmm. So yeah. Uh, well, last time maybe you said I, the art wasn't too difficult, I th if I recall correctly. Maybe I don't. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's not because there's a lot of there's places that have uh, stock images or royalty-free images, and I just put those in Photoshop or, and I alter them to my taste. And since they were already duty-free, once you pay the subscription, use them all you want. Just change them up however you need to. So, yeah. It's the dialogue that Sometimes trips you up.
I don't know. I'm, I'm very fortunate though. That I think, you know, really we all are. I mean, there's so many people in the magic world that are creative and have great imaginations of one that they need to be writing, writing stories or writing screenplays because there's so many platforms that are starving for media. They would buy that stuff up just like that. You know, that's, that's real magic right there. You know, <laughs> take one of your stories and make some money from it. <laughs> Cause we all got cool stories. I'm sure. I mean, all the people I hung out with, they told the best stories without a doubt. Yeah, you, you find a lot of good, uh, you know, there's a good amount of good, great people like that in, in the culture, especially I think in the in the older pre-influencer uh, days before all the the internet madness really got started. I mean, I, we used to be able to just ignore the kinds of people that were like constantly on alt magic and bitching. And now they are, you know, recommended to us by algorithms <laughs> in, 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 in ditzy dresses. Oh, man. Good old algorithms. You know, I was listening to a feed the other night and it was like metal. It's like AI generated metal. And when you listen to you listen to it and you're like, you know, that sounds like it's produced metal. Crazy. It won't be long, dude. Won't be long. Yeah, as a matter of fact. I actually think that's the last thing I sent Paul. Let's see. You ever play with that new AI stuff, dude? No. Fortunately, my computer's too old to handle it. <laughs> dude, it's kind of uh, surreal. Let's yeah, see. it looks very. It gets better. From oh, sorry about that. All right. Yeah, that was the last text I sent him. I'm getting crazy. But uh, yeah, that metal channel is pretty unreal. If you put lyrics to that, you would never know. I've seen some great poetry come from the AI. It's a med. <laughs> I mean, I've seen some really good poetry come from it. Something that's funny as shit. Little machine. It's getting smarter every day, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, what could go wrong with Skynet? And it never takes a day off either. You know, it gets smarter every day. I mean, okay, I might have a good stretch where I go three, maybe four days a week and learn, you know, learn something. Maybe. That's a good stretch, probably, I would think. Yeah, I'm almost 53 now. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. And now, a word from our sponsors. While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or $6 a month or 50 for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much.
I'm sorry, where were we at? Memento Mori. Yes. Dang. You remember uh this little beauty? Oh yeah, dude. You know, I, I first think I told you the last time we talked. Uh there's like a it's weird. That book, I love that book. I I mean I love that book. Yeah. And uh, it's weird though, it seems like a lot of people get very upset about that book. Well, I mean, I, I, I t you know, a lot of us mock people. There it is. That used to be me. Um, you know, who who take it in the wrong way. Yeah. I don't know. I especially, think especially people who insist that it's like part of like, you know, the original hermetic literature. Well, it's definitely not that, but yeah, we know who wrote it. It, it might as well be. I think the fact the problem is that some of the the principles aren't true. Which ones? Well, you can read different people's opinions. Like uh, Nick Farrell's got his famous uh, little blog take, but and there's uh, there's some other papers that have been written that go through them that uh, yeah make better. They they say it better than I can can attempt to because it's it comes down to certain things I guess that we learned about uh, physics or just reality. Um, yeah. It's metaphysics, though. It doesn't have to. It's not. It it makes claims about physics and the and the way things are physically, though. It does do that, um, like most new thought. You know, there is there is there there are problems with new thought. Is really the the, the my thesis. Oh, that's your thesis. That's the I'm thesis. Interested. Yes. Yeah. It's it's it can't be digested wholesale. There's there's definitely some meat on those bones though. The meat clings to the bone. Uh well then uh, then I could pass <laughs> new thought. But the thing is no like the psychology and and uh, like you say the hacking of the human experience is a very real thing. It's a very valid component to uh, pardon me um, to uh, to complement you know the, the working with spirits and working on ourself as a spirit like 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 valentin tomberg reminds us that uh, he well he says flat out that that um magic magical practice autonomous magic as he calls it without mysticism and gnosis is just uh is just empty sorcery and 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 it, you can't even call it black magic because there is no black magic there's just fools stumbling in the in the around in the dark <laughs> He has a very distinct opinion, which I don't think these days, especially with people like Jake Stratton Kent's excellent work on some of those traditions, you know, we understand things differently, more more clearly in a lot of ways with some of the nuances that he, you know, that Tomberg wasn't privy to when he made some of those blanket statements or accusations. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a fun way to say things. Um, it's certainly it's, a, you know, a little bombast is never completely out of order. Agreed. God, I don't know. I find it to I find them to be more true than not. Especially the more I learn, it's crazy. Yeah, it really sucks because I'm doing this. Uh, we're doing we're using it as a as a study guide for our, the rest of our work right now in my little nice. school. And uh, as we've gone, so we just finished the first chapter over six weeks of doing other other work. It's not what we're studying for six weeks. We only study it for one day. But we read it throughout and, and we're following the corresponding magical work. So working with OFL because it's under Mercury and and learning about the you know spirit hierarchies and 
all of that stuff. Um, and also, of course, corresponding gods like Thoth and Hermes to counterbalance the somewhat rampant Catholicism of Tomberg. It's nice to throw in a heavy dose of a good old Egyptian theurgy uh, to to uh, balance that out. So like next week, we're yeah, I can see that. doing a whole class on mix. Isis and Shekinah. So, um, but we, uh, it's it's been rough because every day I'm studying and writing up, uh, designing courses and lectures, and and Paul was going to be such a major resource as oh. as this Martinist because the because Tomberg was a Martinist uh -huh. and a lot ref you know references Louis Claude de Saint Martin all the time, and I know there's things that I will miss because I'm not a Martinist, and I was so excited over the next two years. To, well, you know to what? Get to get his thoughts on each chapter as I went through it, and have yeah. him do some guest lectures and guest teaching, which he's already done, and it was just—it's just so devastating every day to like to to work at that stuff and and have and constantly be wanting to ask him questions. Fuck. <sighs> Dude, Sorry. Have, have you had Bushman on the show? No, who's he? Oh, uh, uh, he's he's he. He worked cl very closely with Paul. And uh, he knows a lot of that history. And uh, yeah, he's very, very knowledgeable on all that. I'll, I'll, hook you, I'll hook you up with him after the show. Cool. Yeah. He would definitely be uh, very knowledgeable on all that history. And I think you'd get a lot of uh, talk with him. I'm sure he's great. He, he won't be the same as Paul, but no, he won't. That's the and, that's he, and he'll the, be the first to tell you he won't be. But you know they they drop they drew from the same well, and Paul taught him quite a bit. Yeah. Every time I meet a Martinist from now on, I'll be like, "Yeah, but can you do a jump spinning crescent kick?" <laughs> and you know, you'll probably never hear a yes. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's rare when occultists are that athletic. There's, yeah. there's definitely, there's definitely a good amount. Um, like, like you know, when I met like Lenny, when I met him, he was like jumping over my head, showing me different ninja techniques that you can do when you can jump over someone's head. Yeah, like flip over their head while they're holding you. When you can do that, you can do all these things. Awesome. That's not going to happen for me, but it's very cool to experience it. And yeah, so there's not many of them and they're fucking treasures because they understand and bring the whole the whole physical and body aspect to magic in a way that that the rest of us more bookish people just tend to, you know, have to a lesser you know, forget a little bit. Sometimes it's possible. Yeah, I think so. I mean. <sighs> so they were, they bring a lot I'm... that make a big impact. Yeah, what, definitely. <laughs> so, what are you laughing about? I was just thinking about what you said and how Paul would be, and it was just like, hey, man, that boy. Yeah, it's gonna. What? Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm just missing my friend. Yeah. We can distract ourselves with a, a, an official topic if we want. For oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, we you can talk run about it. You, you haven't even run it by me. How, how are we going to go all official? I don't know. Is there anything you want to talk about? Um, nothing in particular. 
don't think. I mean, I mean, I think I already talked about what was what was concerning me. I think America is being attacked. We talked about that, so that's cool. And uh, no, I mean, I haven't been doing nothing but working on my book. I mean, because it's during the winter time. That's the best time to do stuff like that, anyway. I, I would was hopeful that I'd be further along than I am, but I'm very happy with the progress I've made so far. I'm almost about, I guess, about page 150. Did I send you a copy of it? Uh, the new one? No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. Didn't I get your email the other day? Oh, oh, oh! The, did you email me a copy? You mean? No, I, uh, I just need your email so I could I'll put you on the Google Drive. Oh, uh, no, you sent me, you sent me a paper. And then after that, I didn't send you a link to my book? No, I don't think so. I think I did. Okay. You're right. I didn't. Well, you might have on Facebook, but I've been locked out of both my Facebook. Oh, that's right. You've got locked yeah. out of Facebook. Yeah, I've been, uh, they, they won't let me on again at all. Um, they want like some sort of, you know, dual authentication and or to use a, a sort of plug in device or some kind of, they you know, take additional security steps. But that's just nonsense. I, yeah, I'm, that not giving, sense. I'm not giving I don't need uh, them to be sending me a text every time I log in. Plus, you know, I don't need a anyway. It's just silly. They're being silly. But yeah. But what sucks is they won't let me go in and even remove my accounts or delete my accounts. I just have no access to nothing. And they I can't even really notify people. And That's so that's uh, yeah. Balls. Good drive. Yeah, here it is. Oh no, that's not it. You're right. Sorry, you are correct, sir. I I'm on the ball, brother. I'm sharp these days. I'm telling you, man, you're taking your uh, ginkgo biloba. No, I mean even not taking my mushroom powder uh, right now, but um, but that's because you know I've been yeah, doing different like you know, diet experiments with eliminating different things. Oh, really? Like entirely, yeah. You're going to go all the way to the carnivore diet? If I have to, and and once I can afford it, because it's not cheap. But, it's know, not. These days. Just eggs not and bacon. Dude, think, like, I can't even, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm quitting vaping, too, because the little bottle, that tiny little bottle, just went up on the, on the first of the year, went from 10 bucks to 30 so it costs more than a 25 bucks dollar pack of cigarettes now so everyone's quitting vaping so that that's over trudeau just killed that yeah oh wow i bet big tobacco paid him off or something y'all are gonna stink man i hope that doesn't yeah. happen here because vaping at least doesn't smell horrible anyway. it's all right you know it'll give me yes. a me more time to get back to other things like could could go back and do fencing again like cigarette butt flicking well i'm not gonna ever smoke cigarettes again uh they, i'm i'm over two years off those and, and thank god i was two packs a day right so wow. yeah fucking yeah vaping has been a blessing to go from like 18 percent nicotine drop down to three percent it's barely any nicotine so when i don't do it i just don't even notice um, yeah I'm a, I'm i just on enjoy it. Too. yeah i just enjoy it like so when I'm chilling out and not hard at work, 
I want to enjoy like a thing because I can't. Hey, do nicotine's good for your brain. You know that? A little bit, I guess. I don't know. Not. I mean, the life life is so terminal. Who terminal? Who fucking cares? Right? Like, do whatever you want. Um, but you know, when sometimes the things you want don't work together, so you have to be careful with that. Like, you know, I think there's enough good things to want to where it doesn't shouldn't even you shouldn't even break a stride wanting them. You know what I mean? So that, yeah, that's, I think that's doable. I don't know, man. Sometimes Trudeau scares the hell, scares the hell out of me. He just never loses. Yeah. I, I'd say more, but we got, we got new rules up here. Oh, new rules. My bad. I thought we were on Rumble. Sorry. No, it's fine. It's like, uh, it's, no, it's, it's, you can, we can say, we can talk about whatever we want. No, we but, don't remember, hey, but like, where like we're at. you know, like talking about, yeah, they, they, I'm worried that, like, I'm worried that there's going to be, yeah, I'm worried about what might, might happen up here. We'll, we'll see. We'll see, but yeah, thought crime's kind of coming. Oh yeah, yeah. You're lucky. Shit, it's actually it's here. I mean, they've been practicing on the conservatives for a while. Well, that's what suppression and cancellation is. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's punishing for thought so, crime for sure. But the left, the people who support the left tacitly because they're attacking the right, they. They got to know, well, what do you think is going to happen next? They're going to turn on you guys. I mean, that's the nature of the left. It eats itself, you know, and because of their tacit support, it's got more of a foothold than it should have right now. But I think it's like one of those pendulum swinging things. I think we're at the extreme of their end right now. And I think we're on the nascent. I don't know. Nadir. We're, in the, we're in the good orb where it's moving away from it. Okay. That's what I think anyway. Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of victories out there for freedom. For sure. For sure. There's uh there's uh definitely lots of I think mostly reasons to hope, just some fears, some fears of uh I don't know. I think someone I think someone wants to, you know, I think some I think people are like dying for someone to drop a bomb. Like, you know, for and that's the stupidest thing. Out. Yeah, I see so much. I see the most of the most of what I see is warmongering. That's mostly what I see looking around. Hate and warmongering coming from the left, really. Yeah, coming from the people that of my own side, my own like you know progressive NDP. You know, things have changed, so I don't know where the fuck I'm at now. But I don't really, you know, yeah, like things have changed big time. Like, what do you do when? You know, both of your liberal parties in your country, which is up here, both apparently have like completely sold out to corporations. Like, so it's not even a government anymore. Hey, it's not just there; it's everywhere. No, I mean, look, look the way social media—they control. I guess what Americans think, and the one one of the worst abusers now is TikTok. They, you know, they just highlight the stupidest thing on purpose because they want to kind of like. 
chip 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 at the culture oh dude dude we deserved it we deserve to fail we fell for such a stupid trick we fucking dude, deserve it's like it. the trojan horse man it's totally. like this is how you die all these people doing stupid dances on on things and like commentary after commentary is i've never had tiktok on my phone thank, thank god but, hey you know but, but, i've got a i've got an app on my phone that'll tell me when things are trying to talk to my phone and it's always tiktok from other people's phones trying to trying to talk to my phone and i don't have tiktok so i know they just seek out phones that don't have tiktok yeah hey man the internet was fun while it lasted i think it's gonna be fun again soon yeah maybe you know you i'm think? telling you right even right now like i said i'm 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 an optimist i think we win we always win it was kind of weird when they were doing all the Mandela effects with the com uh, quantum computer testing. Is that that still freaks me out sometimes? How do they do that shit? I don't know, but they ma they manifest big time. You know, they put a unicorn in the Bible, right? <laughs> um, yeah, we actually had this. You know, we ever of course we studied that passage in seminary. Um, it's not but really, did you, you know, but did you yeah. or did they implant that memory in you it's not they implanted the memory in me and I mean, uh are you sure you did that i you know how i know because i got a bill there's i still haven't paid the bill for it so they're okay. going to take it back if i don't pay the bill you don't want it stuck in there pay no. it. yeah yeah i don't know is that the only thing you got from them just that one is that the only, only bill I got? Memory. Fake memory or oh, fake memory I got? Um, I'm sure there's others like uh, I don't know. <sighs> what what would what would have been a fake memory? So I mean, it's it's really hard to tell sometimes. You know, especially when you're in your dreams. Mm -hmm. You know. Let me ask you this: In your timeline, you did up. they have the mud flood or not the mud flood? I don't know. Then that means no no uh, mud flood for you. Okay, that's that's the same timeline I was on. Where it, would the mud flood have been? It was everywhere, dude. It's crazy, but definitely in Europe, Central Europe it was on the west coast. I've seen pictures from a lot of different places, but a lot of mostly in Europe though. It was like some huge mud flood, like in the early 1900s. I mean, it devastated cities. Supposedly, I don't know. But that's not in my timeline, so I, it's hard for me to relate to it. I mean, it would be cool if we could change timelines. It feels uh, like that's what's happening sometimes. Well, it, I think when that happens, it's because we have to, we had to absorb a timeline. You know, that happens sometimes where, you know, two times the energy gets too close together, so they just kind of like combine. And when that happens, that's what I think causes the Mandela effects, really. Whichever timeline had the stronger memory of it, it would replace the lesser memory. You know what I mean? So maybe in our timeline. Yeah, I've heard uh, about no, this. No, nobody liked you two or, you know, The weekend or what, whatever. And uh, in your timeline, they loved him. And so when our two timelines they came together, if The weekend was loved, then we know, oh, okay, we got that part from your timeline. But there's other stuff that could have come from my timeline. And that's how they kind of keep seemed in pretty well without people kind of 
realizing, what the hell? This is not the way it was just a week ago. The weekend versus, did you say you two? Yeah. I was trying to get Those to, you know, a vast stretch of your audience voting. there, you know? <laughs> Vote in the comments which you would pick <laughs> to eradicate from the timeline. The weekend or Bono? No, but since I didn't come at the same time, I use those two examples because th that, you can get something from one timeline and then something from the other timeline. It just depends on in that, in the timeline that emerges, what had the more energy behind the memories of, you know, what generated more staying power and that's going to win. Yeah. I, I, I've seen some cool timelines before where, where the, I know this is probably not going to sound right. But I've seen some timelines where the South would win the Civil War. And slavery was still abolished right after that. But the Federal Reserve was never created because the South made sure that, that did not happen. And there was not a World War One, another World War Two, And then what became World War One was later on, like during the Vietnam era. But uh, that timeline was pretty peaceful, really. Pretty sure. Do you, do you pay attention what? to uh, uh, secret soldiers, the super soldiers? That's what it is. You know, like they used to make uh, Captain America. Well, they have that. They have those people, and uh, I don't know. It's just a channel I watch. It's pretty interesting. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, I'm always interested in listening to physicists and mathematicians talk about uh, how timelines would work or how could they could exist. And, you know, of course, it's terrifying to imagine the idea of, you know, infinite, not not just infinite versions and po versions of you out there, but infinite, infinite versions. It's it's horrifying. It's it's, you I'm know, really you, the horrors. Can you imagine what um, kind of intelligence you'd have to have to be a chronocop? You go around from timeline to timeline, making sure you don't mess up. I'm curious now if any of them have talked about the the possibility of timelines being able to merge or what that would be like or if we'd notice it at all because you know if it is if you mean, it, we just it, talked about it yeah I know but like I'm curious to see what the scientists say man oh I'm not scientist scientist sciency enough for you you're, exactly <laughs> you are you're you're perfectly sciencely exactly enough for me oh really Science, science, leaflically. Okay. Science, well, science. Let me, science me know when you have that person on the show or whatnot, so I can watch. Well, show it, on, well, show it on Rumble. As much as you know, we can discover things that aren't known well yet, because everything goes through its beginning stages of knowledge, um, and or can, beginning stages of contested knowledge, which is a good way to describe what esotericism covers. Contested yeah, my knowledge... I think Honograph's term. But it's interesting. One of the, the interesting thing about watching the science of it all is that you get to see sort of where progress is at, you know, where the back of the locomotive is, if you want you to use okay. it. Speaking of trains, um, you know, so like the front is seeing things that the back can't imagine yet, but the back, you know, knows stuff that the front doesn't know or something like yeah. that. It's a, it's a, it's an analogy and therefore the worst form of argument. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So, you know, no, it's, I, I don't know. I think, it, I think it's just noticeable, really. If you're, if you're paying attention, you see it and you feel it. 
Yeah, right. I know. I know. I know the feelings and seeings that you are talking about. That's why I'm curious to be like, is anyone, you know, because if I was a physicist, for example, who felt mm -hmm. and, who, and saw things like that, you can damn well bet I would be studying it. Okay, but you're a magician. You can study it from the other end. Yeah, and I do. I do. But I'm, you know, I'm curious also about, you know, the science-y side of it and so yeah. that's why i'm asking you if you if you've heard on the, anything new. on the unsciencey side of it i mean let's go unsciencey okay on the unsciencey side i mean it is it's awesome dude i mean uh it's just like it's just like a, any other landmark in the astral you know go to the timeline you know and the timeline is to me it's sentient it's conscious and you know you can have a conversation with it and you can tell it what you want to do and it'll kind of like put you in the right Tributary. It's very, uh, it's like working with any other spirit, I think. Yeah, well, one of the, you know, the one of the most common experiences of my life as a result of meditation um, is is that experience of of seeing timelines in those, you know, deep states. And uh, and feeling a very empowered sense of choice, and also like what kind of, you you get this weird sense of precognition, which was excellent for sports growing up. Like so, you know, starting meditating at seven, like really gave me an edge in in, in athletics. Um, aside from being sporty as a child, and uh -huh. uh, you know, but like, and then when you know when I didn't get a growth spurt at 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 twelve, thirteen. You know, I just transitioned into fencing and yoga, which was fortunately an option, and uh, and I couldn't I couldn't compete with the the now six foot three basketball players who a year earlier were like my height. You know, um, that sort of shit happens, of course, to everyone, and so be it. But the you know the coordination and the the sense of of precognition that comes with meditation it's one of those many things that actually maybe people don't realize that is a result of you know creating that uh regularly creating that zone of silence uh within and around yourself i think unfortunately too many people i know don't meditate daily i try to remind them all the time you know so if you ever want everything in your life to go start going the correct way start meditating meditate daily meditate daily meditate daily even a little dabble do you right exactly i mean fake it till you make it Meditate daily. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the two best times obviously are right when you wake up and right before you go to bed. Obviously, because well, you're winding down or you're gearing up. You're in that in-between stage. Yeah. So just take just take 10 minutes and do it then. Yeah, and mantra medication is great for people who can't don't want to just go straight self-emptying apophatic kenosis. And and if you as long as you're repeating the mantra for that amount of time. This is how I was taught in the Maharishi world. Like, you know, it, it, you, you're, that's meditating. There's not, you're not faking meditating. You're just learning. You're just in the beginning stages of a journey. And so, yeah, you know, it's, uh, and no for me, what I do is, uh, I use, uh, uh, isochronic tones and I will put the brain wave, select the brain wave I want. And if I want, you know, for some learning or whatever, then, then I'll make a track it has what it is, either the affirmations or whatever it is I'm trying to learn and just, make it work it that way because that brain waves if you get the right waves right brain waves kicking that's where the magic is so how do you do you especially design the the sound 
Oh yeah, uh, there's a there's a software out there called Neural, G N U R A L, and uh, it's free to download and has binaural beats and isochronic tones. I pick isochronic tones because you don't have to have stereo earbuds for isochronic tones. It's just a steady beat that your brain starts to jive with. And a binaural beat, so you have to have stereo headphones, otherwise you won't get the, the full effect. So yeah, I make a track, I don't know, about 20, 30 minutes long because it takes about 10 minutes. 10 minutes, the 10 minutes right before you fall asleep, that's usually when your brain goes naturally to the theta wave. And that's what you're looking for. Whatever you do in theta, it's basically like pressing recording and recording what it is, whether it's knowledge or some kind of action like uh, dancing or whatever, whatever, you, whatever you, you want to learn it in theta, alpha, theta, alpha, theta, alpha, theta, alpha, theta. And so you do that by having it play just for the beginning part of your falling asleep. Well, well, I just make a track especially for that. I usually make it about 20, 30 minutes long and I'll fall asleep in, in that time. I never yeah, so it doesn't need to play all through the night for you to no. have the learning. Yeah. Because you, that's, that's the only time you're in a theta waves because you're you're going from theta. General, most people go from beta to theta, you know, and then into delta. And they never hardly get to a deep delta. But if they did, they could go gamma eventually, but it's hard to predict how that how to get gamma rays. But anyway, you know, if the theta wave, that's the hidden record button. That's why theta waves. Theta waves were, I think, when you when your consciousness is evolving, theta waves come around when you're around two years old. Okay, and you stay in a healthy theta phase from about two to six. During that time, all the input from your senses, all that stuff gets downloaded and remembered, and then it gets filed, and those files make up the background of the traits that your personality is going to use when it's developing. You talk a bit about this in uh, hacking the human experience. I noticed. Yeah, I like to give. I like to give a little background for it, and it helped me understand it a lot better too. Yeah, you know, I think there's just so much. There's, there's so much innovation and in technology out there, and some of it is really designed to be very helpful. And if you're a magician, you don't know what you how your brain acts under the different brainwave frequencies. You're doing yourself a disservice because that is where the magic is. And you've got to know in your meditations when you're at that state. That way you can do other things in your meditations. Or you can, you can have very complex, complicated meditations if you wanted to. They don't have to be just simple like, let's, I don't know, manifest the house we want. That's, you know, that to me is just simple. I think you can get really complex with your meditations and you could go like a dream within a dream within a dream. Yeah. You, uh, I noticed you, you quote Crowley at one point, uh, actually at towards the end. Um, and you, uh, love is the law, love under will. What's that mean to you these days? Because you and I, people like you know, we met when I was a teenager. Um, and you know, we've we've so we've been reading Crowley for a long time, or Crowley, yeah. sorry, yeah, to those of you who care. Um, 
Yeah. Has that, has what that means changed much for you? Would you say over the course of your life? Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, when I was younger, I understood the concept God is love, but I didn't have the gnosis. And so it was just like a slogan, you know, catchphrase, whatnot. But then after I got my five, six, I got the gnosis of that, you know, what God is love, what that really means and how that really works. And, and it's helped been very helpful without a doubt. Cause that's part of having these complex meditations. And the only thing that in all the magical work, all the training going through the outer order, however many times I went through the outer orders, there was never anything that was just some basic here, do this and it's going to work. Like, I mean, yeah, they give you, they give, meditate on a dot. Okay. Yeah. We get that. You know, that's, you know, knowledge lecture one stuff right there. But that's all that we needed. Just that. If they just would have given us that and said, just focus on this, just focus on this. And if every time we asked them something, they said, you're not focused on that, focus on the dot, just focus on the dot. If they would have done that for half a year, we would have been five, six, easy. Hey, that's what I said all, all that time to everyone. I mean, and I'm, I'm, I've been saying it ever since. Six months, I think, is all you need. If you do, if you do, Two meditations a day, and you don't have to start off at two, but let's say you finish strong and at least the last three months you're doing two meditations a day. Yeah, you'll initiate yourself to five, six for sure. You'll have so many adventures. It'll be crazy. Always test everything, kids. Always test everything. Well, that's the, um, I mean, that's what pe people forget. Since so many orders uh, transitioned all this inner order material to the outer order and turned it into this whole like, you know, yeah, Harry Potter-esque uh, school system, which is fun and all, and it's nice to you know, get to play with, uh, you know, uh, more rituals early on. But the original order was just a series of meditations and and a couple exercises in a ritual. And as far as we know, and uh, and then the theory lessons. And so people were going into, as a result, there was so little material. That's why Crowley said there was little material. When people look at, like, if people look at the golden dawn by Rigardi and then think that's what Crowley's talking about when he says, Oh, there was hardly anything in the, in the order they're they're getting a, a flawed picture of the a scenario. So people went, became adepts like usually within a, a year and a half back then. And then, then they got this huge chunk of material because all the, almost the all the majority of the in order material was actually already de all developed and written by, by 1893. So very quickly shockingly suspiciously quick quickly um as dr fuller points out well he would know he's a doctor you know yeah well i think it's it's very evident a lot of it was yeah brought from was channeled a lot of it was a heavy amount of it probably was was channeled i don't know i mean what Everything we do almost in one way or another is a type of channeling. Yeah. Have you paid attention to what, what people like uh, John Vervecki are, are doing with uh, cognitive modeling and 4E cognitive thought models compared to, yeah, like Neoplatonic uh, structures of cosmology? Did you oh, look really? at that? Yeah, he's been no, doing all these huge series. 
Yeah, check out check, check out uh Dr. John Vivecki. I wasn't aware of him, even though he's a Canadian doing amazing stuff until uh you know he was mentioned by the uh the religion tube folks. Doctors. What's his what's his last name? V-E-R-V-A-E-K-E. -E. Yeah, check out his lecture on neo on Neoplatonism and cognitive theory. It's you know dense two and a half hours, but I took like ten pages of notes and was very uh was very impressed. Like because I've always you know as much as I love you know Neoplatonism, it's it's never I think it's never blown me away in the same way it blows it becomes the main obsession and even sometimes entire spiritual focus for a lot of people. Like they're like this is it. I'm going to study this forever. I've met a lot of uh, older guys and girls and uh in their 60s were like they've been studying that and that's when they found that as a kid or maybe they found it out through like terence mckenna or something they haven't stopped studying neoplatonism that's their jam like i'm like i've always been like whoa but yeah listening to dr viveki was uh very 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 interesting for sure i i, I would consider it a must listen to for most people but it's it's you know it might be john viveki yeah Okay. Mind matters. Yeah, I'll give it a listen. Look, see, pay attention to it. Yeah, the, the Neoplatonism one's a good place to start. Which one? The Neoplatonism one is a good place to start. Okay. It's a standalone lecture he did down in Savannah, Georgia for the... Uh, Blackwell's school there, you know, I forget his first name, but I've read a lot of his books, actually. It's, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so is everything channeling to some extent? I mean, one of the things uh, Vervecki points out is, and he, he has a Zen practice, I guess, a sort of Neoplatonic mm -hmm. type Zen practice, as he describes it. And, right. and he does at the end talk about one of the reasons he believes this that, that in and it's he's a part of this whole uh uh group trying to recommend a major overhaul in education he's all and he's worked all i think he's also like consulting with the fbi or cia or something like that because cognitive that his uh his realization relevance theory is helpful for uh compute you know com computers to identify key the relevant salient information or target in the field and uh oh, okay yeah. so maybe he's helping killer robots find their victims as well i don't know or or finding down soldiers and getting the medical aid who knows um you know it's not the gun that shoots people it's the person right yeah definitely i have a lot of guns that never shot anybody yeah, yeah this tech's going to be used for good and for ill whether none, we of like guns, it none of my guns have ever shot anybody they don't just sprout little legs and be like, no, I mean, I know a lot of people with guns too. And I can't think of a gun that a person has that shot somebody. You know, we've been banning guns up here and uh, hmm. it's, it's, and the results been more gun violence and everyone's very surprised. Really? Yeah. Are you sure it's not made up gun violence? No, we've had an increase of gun violence since, since the new restrictions on firearm ownership came into effect. What constitutes a violence? I don't know. We don't have much of it, to be honest. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> you guys are like a fucking shooting range down there. It's like every day, multiple like mass shootings. You can't even count the basic gun violence. Like how many shootings? It, no, it's like you guys. You guys are next level. You guys are counting mass shootings. Uh, you know they made that up. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a, one of those slogans. Uh, I don't. I don't see it. Yeah, and I live in a I live in a pretty gun popular state too. I still can't think of somebody I know whose gun has shot somebody. Crazy. Yeah, no, they're not. They're we're not trying to be destroyed like you guys are because we're already owned. We're already bought hey, and paid for. Hold on, I don't know why, but somebody's knocking on the cave door. Stand by, would you? Yeah, I'll hit record. Awesome. Continue. Continue uh, in media res as as is my favorite style to do, but yeah, like we were saying there, um, during the intermission, that's that's French. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of knew it was French uh, because it sounded okay. It's it's you know it's French because I said it in a French way. Ah, uh, no, that's what that is. No, no, they loved me last time I was in France back in two thousand nine. Man, they just they yeah. I, I especially if I could recall. What a Quebecer might say, I would say it with as harsh an accent as I could, like, like, <laughs> like instead of what time is it? Instead of like quelle heure est-il, I'd be like Quebecé. <laughs> Why? And they just stare at me and not like in surprise or or humor, like daggers. <laughs> Je veux un espresso, s'il vous plaît. Yeah, merci. Very French, like, very very French. Like, Plaisir, <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> but no, normally it was very nice, and I actually really enjoyed speaking the language and doing the best I could with it. And people did appreciate that in France. I noticed it was really one. It was it was a beautiful rekindling of my relationship with the language, and that was another thing that was exciting about finding out about Paul's work because I knew about Paul for a long time, of course, through you. Um, yeah, just have to right now. Can tell. Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, no, it's my, my it's all good. Yeah, um, it's all right. Life happens. Um, yeah, so, you know, I've known about Paul a long time uh, through you, of course, um, but uh, I didn't uh, realize uh, the work he was doing in Martinism and seeing the books and that he was putting out and stuff like that. I was very sad not to get a chance to get any of them, but I always knew that I was going to see him plenty when I eventually yeah. made it down that way. So um yeah i i uh i do i do look forward to continuing this uh, sparkling the new romance i have to a degree with french and uh taking a bit further since you know after fucking 10 years in canada saying language you may as well you may as well like hammer it out a bit more uh just a little just a bit more <laughs> i mean i already know how to swear a blue streak and and get through daily daily life in in france but like to be able to appreciate like the poetry for especially like poetry is what hooked me with german reading heinrich heine um reading goethe um that's what hooked me um in a big way and you know people might be surprised but uh man i tell you what some I had some highs and lows last year and I'll, I'll admit it i was i was caught in a poetry website yeah i would hang out there for a bit like the idea of being able to read Rimbaud or Peladin a bit in French, in French, that like, that would that would be nice, and it wouldn't it wouldn't take much to get partially there. 
Yeah, that's so. like some advanced stuff right there. Is it? I think so. Mm. Well, ten you once you have ten years of the basics. <laughs> like, tell you what, I could get yeah. the chat the the AI chatbot. You could probably write you some poetry like that. I'm 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 once again grateful I have a shitty old computer that can't run these demon AIs. But your phone could run it. No, it's an iPhone five. Oh wow! It can't even run Instagram. Instagram? They still have that? Uh, wow. Yeah, I messaged you today on Instagram when uh, when my Facebook was locked. Did I answer you? No, I don't think you use Instagram anymore. Yeah, I do. I go on there very rare, very rare. I don't know. Usually, it's for some stock thing. Which is why I then emailed you like a fucking adult. There you go. But what, what were we saying before? Me. The, before just texted me. Um, I I I I turned off my my deactivated my my phone. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. There was just yeah, there was no need for it. Like you don't it have was, an Obama phone. No. No. Oh. Too bad. I think he still pays for this phone. Maybe they call it the Biden phone now, but still. Everybody seems to have a phone. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I think I will I might go back to like a flip phone. I have a bunch of old flip phones and some of these old funky weird keyboard well, phones. Flip phones are back in style. I still have my Palm Pilot. Um, uh, it's the one before the trio. <laughs> so it's got the keyboard. Yeah. And a color screen. It's the first one that had the color screen. I like, you know, it sucks, but sometimes it could load pictures from the internet. It would only take like 15 minutes for one image. Shut up. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. It said it Man. could play video, but it was wasn't true. I could get a lot of writing done in that time. I wrote my entire master's thesis on that thing <laughs> with the pull out keyboard. The That's entire perfect, thing. Dude. Yeah. That's and perfect. multiple novels. Yeah. 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 Well, it was, this was like 2000, uh, you know, three, four, five. So laptops were still like, I got, I bought one really expensive laptop uh, secondhand uh, and it just died in a week. So I was like, okay, fuck this. They're not there yet. And that was like two, 2000, you're two, like 2000. So, like, you know, yeah. Of course, it was secondhand from Zinc. So that was probably my mistake. Yeah, we Plus, were, I think he stole, stole it from Sonia. What I heard years later, and I was like, "We were unindated with Dells." She didn't think so. You can walk down the street and pick up like 17, 18 Dells, just off the street. Oh well, now now getting a shitty computer is like easy, or even a good computer is actually cheap. Well, I'm just saying. Computers are crazy cheap now. Yeah. When Dell when Dell took off, that's all there was. Dell computers everywhere in town. It's just like because everybody worked for them. Everybody got free computers. It's like to the max. I think they give away eight or nine a year. No, it's no, crazy. I'm saving up for a gamer computer so I can play Harry Potter and Baldur's Gate 3. Yep. Go Ravenclaw. You're definitely, yeah. a, you're like one of those trans, what do, you, what do they call them? Yep, I've seen a video about it. You're one of them. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm one of all of them. But so we were talking about uh, the one of the as much as we were about the the access we have to different groups and orders and teachings and all that stuff today that we Dude, just it's didn't a golden have even, age. Even, it's a golden age of of it's a, a golden, golden age. Of you you can yeah. get 
and no one cares about us doing magic because the consensus is it's not real which is like like we got to keep that going as long as possible as long as possible i guess i mean i don't know i kind of would think we should i wish people would Dude, hurry the up and reason governments outlawed magic was wasn't because they didn't believe in it they outlawed it because they did believe in it right but people aren't competing with yet. religion of course or ideology yeah but i mean the time's coming i hope i'm hopeful Shoot. 26 years ago when i first joined nobody would talk there was nobody talking about it nobody understood it nobody i mean okay granted okay i'm kind of maneuvered by life to where those are the people that are around me but still even when i'm outside of that bubble and you know i'm just in the, with a bunch of muggles you can see it there's a lot more people that are have a greater understanding uh higher gnosis of just life in general i think their souls are a lot more mature there also seems the ones with the mature souls also seem to be the less the more hands-off type you know what i mean and it's kind of like what's kind of screwing them over i think the millennials are like that yeah but so i was saying one of the as much as we have a lot of options there is a there, it's it is a shame there's not too many in the golden dawn world for initiation now like you got a traditional five six initiation right i mean and, I, uh, is that true is that a true statement yeah i think so unless huh. you include like griffin's group <laughs> which i don't nevertheless but like yeah like golden, it's a golden dawn do you would you consider well, I guess the problem is just that there's more people interested in it now, and there's not temples in every city. So is that because did the flame wars finally end? The flame I wars think it, it ended ages ago, right? Did it really? I don't know. I think so. I was I never. So. I never paid I, attention. I didn't fight in the war. I had a bad hmm? leg. Yeah. So I couldn't fight in the flame war. Yeah, I didn't. I barely knew what was going on. I did make the meme war though. The meme war was that was fun. I think yeah, there's I gonna be another that altogether. There's gonna be another meme war, I think, soon. I can feel it. People are hoarding up cool images. They're hiding all their best sayings. They're gonna unleash them during the war, I can tell. No, I don't don't have time. I mean, one of the great things about, uh, as you know, probably like the one about uh, not just teaching, but but service, being of service to people, is it is it actually becomes so increasingly demanding of your time and energy if you want to do it well that you don't actually have time for all the nonsense and it just sorts itself out. Like I do, I deleted I my. With, Twitter. I agree with you. It, it does sort itself out. I deleted because... my Twitter not because of I was uh, done with the nonsense. I, I the nonsense was a fun little break here and there every every few days. I'd pop in and say something stupid, and uh, it's just like, but no, because it's a time cost, and I just got rid of it because it's a time cost. I've got too many fucking great books I need to read and too many tools I'm need to finish designing and too many rituals. Like we just did a great uh, heptarchial Nokian ritual the other day for on a Wednesday calling the ministers of the hour. Whoa. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, you know, listing, uh -huh. right. Working with, and it was amazing. And it was a, and it was uh so it was just two days after Paul died, but I, it was scheduled and other students would be there. So, and it ended up just being me and, and 
uh, only one student could make it because we had to be at a certain time to meet the time zone requirements, but there's a way to do it. And so we did that like traditional style to compensate for the fact that it's partially cyber magic mitigated through a screen right but each person right. is still doing the ritual on their own we're just doing it at the same time in unison and then you have your own experiences with the spirit right. and stuff um but like yeah anyway it was it was beautiful and uh to, i want to do i want to have time to do more of that not less of it so yeah fuck twitter yeah. and See, on social media you know be on it as much as you need to to be in touch with people but like just having my facebook nuked like that both of them and all my pages losing access is fucking it's not worth my time investing a minute into things that are going to then turn around and treat me that way see when you were describing that all i was thinking about was yeah that's completely and totally channeling that's what channeling is that's exactly what they're doing except they usually are doing it in the same room who's they the people who channel right you know all groups who channel they use the vast majority of channeling and getting information from discarnate entities is done in a small group together now the they're larger ones obviously because you know the internet and whatnot but i think the more potent ones are the small ones you get more bang for your buck well that's how uh you know uh, our order uh started as a as a as a as a, a circle eternal circle of light and spirits said to do this they said you know do this do a temp make a temple in the golden dawn tradition and then it became the biggest golden dawn order the world's ever seen internationally with temples of over 100 members active in multiple places like ours and uh texas i think god was pretty big at one point uh maybe yeah, not we had three temples at one point yeah, you had three temples at one point. You didn't have like we had just one because Canada is so spread out. Well, we eventually had more, but not really. Mainly, we just had one, but it was over a hundred members for many years, and mm -hmm. uh, very. It was a lot of work. You know, I was cancellarious during that time. I was Prayman you know, twice during that time. Prayman a couple times during. That. It's like so much work. You don't have time for any alt magic, uh, project you know, fairy Wicca nonsense. Like yeah, that's true. Code words but for you know what. Paul seemed to have time to do that. Work. Still have an extra another hour. You'd be thinking, "Oh man, it's time to go to bed." Obviously, it's like, "Oh no, <laughs> look, it was on the schedule. We're supposed to do this first, then we have two other things to do, and then we can go to bed." And a lot of times, you just have to say, "Okay, if you can do it, I can do it." Hey man, that's how we were uh, at our temple all this every 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 day, twenty four seven, like just. Yeah, y'all yeah, had to have y'all had to have uh, like three hours a night for years. Y'all had the temple reserve. Y'all had two temples at the same building, right? Oh yeah, we had two physical. No, actually, I, actually, I, now I remember y'all had three. If y'all used the very the very back room as a temple, huh? Yeah, we had three thousand square feet, and we had yeah. we had many carpenters and artists. So it was so beautifully done with the 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 artwork and the paintings and the everything the banners just like fucking it was incredible it was fucking amazing that's why even when I imagine like if i could have been a member back when yates was or like if there was some sort of equivalent today it's like you know i still wouldn't trade my experience for anything in the world because it was fucking awesome you were there other people fun. yeah it was, it was great, great to be part of a, such a large group um because yeah you just the, yeah you, and know. you know there was that was like the last of the pre-internet recruiting phase you know that definitely you know that group 
they took advantage of that. I mean, they came right at, at, the, at the perfect time where the wave crested and it was just like, oh, look, all these people are got the internet. Now they're looking up esoteric schools and well, they had a good internet presence. Well, they created a, a, a they filled a gap because there was yeah. like there there that's the that was the thing. There was no other option, and that's why I think the spirits were real in their in their uh, you know in endorsement of us. And one thing I do know about our that old order was that the spirit contacts were real because yeah, I didn't I didn't believe that that was would be stuff that would be part of my experience at all. I didn't that wasn't what I really joined for. It wasn't what I was there for. I didn't think that that was it just the idea of secret chiefs was seemed silly to me as much as you know we who knows what happens to our souls when we die the idea that there there was actually spirits directing an order didn't really click to me that 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 would be a major function in just some group i joined you know but it turned out that was a real very very real component to it all and and of course that changes that draws you out of the some of the more new age or Crowleyan uh, psychological understanding of uh, magic or new thought and these things and opens you up to be like, well, yeah, some, a lot of that stuff might be great, but also there's spirits here and they have their own part to play, whether exactly. you like it or not. Yeah. And then you're like, oh shit. And it becomes very real, very fast. Cause you're interacting with these spirits in the temple and yeah, they're not all great. They're not all nice guys. Sometimes they will, disturb you sometimes that's that's why you call them is because to disturb you in some ways um to challenge you right to take you into new realms of understanding yourself so yeah that was that was a big i think i think the fact that there was no there was no group to be joined back then there just wasn't the plethora of groups like there is today the ciceros didn't have an open door policy and they still don't um I mean, it might be the door might be slightly more cracked, and who I, I and I think Aaron Leach eventually will, and and some of the other leaders will probably make it a bit more accessible. But you still have to fly, you still have to catch a flight and go through that initiation. Like for most people, that will be the the way to do it. Like there's, you know, I've talked to a member of their group here in Vancouver, and yeah, it takes flying to there or or elsewhere to to be with friends of ours actually, because so many of our ex members of our ex colleagues are now in that order and. So, but yeah, there was no other where place for people to go, and so we had this many thousands of people that eventually found a home, and it created a beautiful thing for a relatively brief period of time. That's something interesting about magical orders; they don't stick around usually that long. I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess not, because here in Austin, even though you know, of the original three or four, four with David, four people, people that we had. I mean, we're all still doing the work. We're not all still doing it together, but that's okay because we're all still doing the work and we create, we, we're supporting groups that aren't the same and that draws more people. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of variety and, and uh, plurality. I mean, I mean I'm, especially I'm, thir- be- I'm thoroughly convinced that you can lead anybody there to the five six if you just have a meditate twice a day that's it that's all you have to do meditate twice a day and stick to it don't skip a day don't skip a session have a shitty session instead of skipping a session okay even if you think this is going to be the worst meditation ever you get in there and you do it 
and, and it might have been the worst meditation ever. But you know what? It wasn't a missed meditation. It was a meditation that was bad. And that's two different things because you keep that streak going. Magic compounds. You know yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, you start doing ritual work, you know, you might not see the payoff early. You start to feel it in the middle, right towards the end. Yeah. It's a payoff. There's definitely a payoff. Oh, dude. And the next day I was very, I don't want people to take this the wrong way, but there was a draining the next day after the last Inokian ritual. Mm. Um, and I, it, I, one of the things I was comparing and contrasting with that ritual was uh, wearing the, the paper Laman versus not. So I had done the previous one without it and the previous one before that with it, just to get a feel and yeah, I think the, the the I think it's I think it's about clarity of communication when it comes to that tool. Um, so that's an interesting tidbit. I mean, veracity is supposed to come from the SDA, of course, the Sigilum Deamet, Sigil of God's yeah. Truth. But yeah. Um, yeah, but it's interesting to see. But there was definitely a drain. Like it took a, it was, a, it was, it wasn't the drain of energy having been sucked out of me. It was the drain of having had a lot of energy run through me because you're standing on that sigil on that angelic seal and communicating in it. What Stephen Skinner argues is neither evocation nor invocation in this case, but it's something slightly in between, which makes sense because the Enochian angels have a kind of in between feel about them. Like they're not, you know, it's fair to say they don't feel like, every other kind of angel which is fair they're they're enochian angels they they you know have this maybe this this layer of reality around malchut that they they're primarily very metropolitan to me metropolitan that's an interesting way of putting it that's how they are to me you know what i mean that's the sense i get you know they're like tell me more they're uptown uptown spirits and then you know they got it going on that's for sure they know I think they have a lot more free will than a lot of the other entities that we generally talk to that aren't polarized towards the negative aspect. Yeah, they just, they can do, do what they want and they have their, they definitely have their talents and their, their knowledge is superb. I was thinking I probably haven't done a good Enochian ritual in about six years. That's either a good thing or a bad thing. It's a good thing if I, all the ones I did must have worked. That's why I didn't have to do them again. And it's a bad thing because, well, if they were working, then how come I haven't done one in such a long time? So, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll yeah, put I one kicked, together here. I, 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 I kicked it off with the, uh, the uh, seven penitential psalms, which because uh, maybe it was because it was such proximity to paul's death and also i'm you know the podcast has been getting a bit more uh hate than normal out there really yeah since the new year however in january i not only broke my podcast record but i hit ten thousand downloads this goal i've had for a long time i jumped from like i've been it's been fighting around five six seven thousand downloads for like seven months and then all of a sudden the month where I get like attacked the most from like the occult influencers, those mm -hmm. little, those little fuckers, um, it jumps up to 10 K. No such thing as bad publicity when you, at a certain stage in your growth. 
Well, the people that like you stick around and sometimes the people that don't like you stick around too. And so they can let you know what they think of you at every turn. And yeah, uh, they're but charming. You know what? But they're charming. listening to your show. <laughs> I got a lot of respect for really, listen to I the think, show and know. then complain. You know I what I mean? Know. Yeah. I got respect for those people. Unfortunately, it's the cost of doing business. I think so. It's a good cost, though. That's, you know, part of, part of learning. Yeah. Part of your experience curve. You got to be able to know how to take the hecklers. Yeah, they they really a lot of them really think that I should not uh you know talk about psychedelics on the show. That 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 that's really dangerous for some people to hear about. It's like, or they someone said it's dangerous for people to keep hearing about that when they're trying to listen to a show. It's like that's a huge part of the show. <laughs> and it, it has been like anyone who doesn't know that hasn't been listening right like there's straight up trip reports on the show so maybe you're in the wrong place and it's not because i don't care about you and your attention and time and wish i could cater you it's like you got to make choices in life and there was no occult podcast out there that that really did did the casual conversation thing and right. uh and and would go off the rails like that or into the absurd and often comical i thought like well that sounds like fun and it sounds like it should exist some people should have a place to come and bitch when they have a falling out with their you know order or publisher or or husband or wife for all i care like let's just talk especially since it, it's a it's a it's a baby of the pandemic and the lockdown so it's like that's the spirit in which it began and took off um and yeah and and like i can't help but to remind those haters the episodes where I get drunk or I'm on, on mushrooms get three times as many listens than all the others. I bet. Yeah. Outside of like the really popular episodes, like Damien Eccles, of course, <laughs> or, or anything with black magic or, or Satanism. People for some reason are all about that Satanism these days. Yeah. That's so weird. And, and the weird thing about it is I just wrote a screenplay from a vision I had a couple weeks ago. There was a whole different take on the whole fall. And um, I don't know. It's going to get produced somehow, whether it's just going to be in a comic version or maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll branch off and learn animation and I'll do it animated. It's probably about 50 minutes, but I, it's got a very interesting take on the whole fall. And it just came to me out of my my. Uh, last meditation before bed and i was so tired dude so tired i didn't think i was gonna do the meditation but i did the meditation even though i knew it was probably gonna be a bad meditation i did it anyway because magic compounds and it just so happened that that after my it was not a bad meditation but it wasn't the greatest i was just there and boom i had a vision and this vision i mean it was a five dollar vision let me tell you this is good stuff and uh well i tell you what <laughs> I'll tell you. I actually will tell you. You know, it was about it. It showed it like I was watching a movie almost, and I could hear the dialogue. That was the, the most uh, the sense. My auditory was was engaged the most during that vision because I heard the dialogue so plainly. Even though the movie the movie scene was going fast, I mean, it was like forty eight minutes and like I don't know ninety seconds. And I got out of that, and I was so just full of the energy of that vision that uh, I wrote it down. And four hours later, even though I was tired of shit, 
I finished in four, I wrote it all down from start to finish in four hours and I went to bed and then I got up and I looked it over and I, I had a friend over and I let him see it and they said, Hey, that's pretty good. You should, uh, you should do that. It's one of your comics. Cause I'm doing a comic right now. And I said, yeah, maybe I'll do that. Or maybe I'll do animation. And, uh, they reminded me, I have a friend who's, he's a producer. And I was just like, Oh, that's right. And so uh, I talked to him. We hadn't talked to him in a while. And he was like, going, dude, right now, it's the golden age for content creators. If you got a story, write it down because somebody will buy it because there's so many platforms out there and they need content. You know, people are always pitching all the time. There's nothing new on any of the streaming services. Everything's the same. Everything's the same. You know why? Because you're not writing anything for them. That's why you need to start, you know, you want to watch something different, write something different and submit it to some people and, they'll, they'll, you know, you have a good chance of making it happen these days. Yeah, I, I suppose, you know, that it's, I mean, I don't know if that's true. Like when, when my library got stolen, uh, a lot of my writing did too, finished novels mm -hmm. and stuff, but I have a lot of incomplete drafts of things that are like, you know, just not the final stage of it. Is it too um, intricate? No, it could be, they could be turned into, uh, they could easily be presented as, uh, what's it called, treatments. Um, okay. You know, I don't really know if I'll ever do anything with them again. I might go back to novel writing again when I'm older, like, you know, my golden years, fingers crossed. But, because I love writing fiction and all the novels I've ever written were just written for me because there was a story that I was struck with and it didn't exist. So I would write it and I would enjoy the shit out of it. And usually my my process would be like work for two weeks, you know, and straight, like sleep right straight and get like the first couple hundred pages out loosely and then sort of figure out how to move that around to create the ending I wanted. So it's not the usual even, process, I'm aware. Even that process to me is, is very similar aspects to channeling, you know what I mean? Especially well, when you're in the zone for that long. Question your process is one fucking truth about writing like however you do it like last year i wrote uh almost forty thousand words of my my enochian book that's gonna be great and you know the deeper i get into the like i it has to be on something that has on a part of it that hasn't been covered before right which right. fortunately a lot of people have covered the basics and stuff so i can focus on a weird part of it like right. we're you know, a weird little thing my own little thing and you know it's going to be written for for like the devout christian perspective Oh, nice. I like that. That. oh yeah right like john d got ordained a priest i i've been ordained a priest many many times and done the seminary thing which even he didn't do because he was just getting ordained for uh different reasons perhaps but maybe not that that's that's a bigger art de debate to get into d's religious faith that would be a thesis that would be a phd right there i always thought it'd be great to, to write a doctorate uh on the mystical theology of john d you know it would be a, a study in apocalyptic eschatology right. of course but you know it could be fun if you were able to you know get access to the resource if you wanted to live in london and go through those manuscripts but so my last you, you don't have to live in london anymore that 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 was paul's secret all libraries have all their manuscripts online now and all you have to do is have the patience to go online and look through all them and and Dude, we have the, the Harry Ransom Center here. And when I was a up and coming magician, you know, we used to go to the Ransom Center a lot because they have a collection of uh, 1800 manuscripts. 
So if you had manuscript in 1800, they get sent to the Harry Ransom Center. And that's how the Crowley stuff ended up over here. Yeah, you got the Crowley stuff at U of T. Yes. and so, But that's not all. If you just start looking around the manuscripts that were collected or gathered at that time, you find that there's a lot of them that kind of do go together. Um, you know, because those collections, they had letters from other people. And some that's where you find the real gems. And that's what Paul did. He, he scoured every French library that ever had anything to do with Martinism. And then he was expanded out into the Spanish ones. And the boy had a nose for Martinism, that's for sure. I, I'll always regret when I was stuck in Toulouse for a week again back in 2019 that that during that time, that pilgrimage that I never asked him where I should visit because I didn't know if there was much occultism in Toulouse. And now I'm like, holy shit, you missed a lot. But of course, I was trying to sort out some travel plans. So uh, I didn't have a chance to. But damn, like that place is was a huge Martinist hub. And I can only imagine the things I would have seen had I had it occurred to me to, to, to ask him, but it didn't. Fuck. Fuck, man. But I do have to go back. I have to go back to Paris and those beautiful spots in France because I was I was there for, you know, uh, as well, my bank account was hacked like mid flight, <laughs> mid flight. I'm transitioning between flights. And in that time, I, I couldn't access anything. So that was weird. That was a weird one. What were we talking about? We were talking about um everything. Yeah, everything and the the plethora of magical options and and so you know, yeah, that's why I think are are definitely why spirits, whoever they were, had 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 our order formed back back. I guess it was late not late eighties when it was formed. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I came in in eighty six. No, no, ninety six. No, ninety six. I, I, I came in in ninety six. Yeah, so like yeah, late eighties, early nineties. I tell you what, though, Mother Temple was always top notch. Yeah, yeah, that we did it right. Like in my opinion, that's the thing. Like whether we, well, whether you think we did it right or not, we did it well. We did it very, very well. Yeah. Um, and everyone, no one was there who, no one there wasn't doing their best to make it the best. Um, I mean. I think people when they wouldn't believe they don't believe it when I when I give them the details. It's weird because the people who harper so much about you know like lineage and did you get it the right way? It doesn't matter if you're getting it, and if I'm getting it and you're getting it, we can compare what it is and we can come to come to some kind of consensus, and then maybe we can get some actual learning going on. <laughs> but all too often, those who say it matters so much. They haven't done the work and they're not getting the contacts. And so yeah. they don't have nothing to offer in that arena. And which is a shame because that's the whole point of doing it, I think. Which is why all the leaders of our tradition uh, from from, uh, you know, from Pat Zaleski to to Nick Farrell and and uh, and uh, what is the other guy? Well, Cicero. And, uh, you know, the Cicero's and Tony Fuller, like all of these people, I'm forgetting someone, but all these people, when, in all their books, they all point out, they all say, like, and I've seen them write online, like, if you want to really do the Golden Dawn thing, like, yeah, if you can join a good group, fine. 
good. But it, otherwise, it's probably better to just do your own thing. Get Gather the people around you who want to do it and do it and if really work that, it and it'll work. If you work it, the, the current will come to you. It will come. It'll come. It will. That's that's yeah. damn, that's for sure. Sam Robinson's book uh, is really good in explaining that. As 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 strangely written as it is, Sam's Robinson's what's it called? The Golden Rosicrucian Tradition of the Golden Dawn. Right. It's on, it's on Lulu, and it's you might the writing style might put some people off, but like fucking ignore that. He's Zaleski's protege. He was right. Zaleski's original protege before he was usurped by who shall not be named and uh and his so he's 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 like the things he says the way he and the way he talks about working with the angel of the order and the necessary passion enthusiasm love and joy that you have to bring to the work like the aspect of the holy i mean that's something fuller's constantly talking about is just like so important and all of us who were in a good order know that because it's all around you it might not say that in our diary notes and like the sense of holiness and sacrality and the, the, in the, in the, in the calm demeanors and inner focus without, you know, of amongst all the members, you, we don't write that in the diary because we felt it. It was so obvious. It was like a fish describing water. I, don't know, I, write, that, I write that down a lot. I, well, we all, we all had our, mine have a sense of pageantry. You're a fucking Pisces. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an Aquarius. I'm like one, two, three, four, five, six, done. Step oh, no. by step. Mine's always so wow. Each no, I theorize better. on what my things could mean. Each one are better than the next. It's just like wow, I can't believe that. That was amazing. Let's do it again. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, people, I'm glad and a lot of people know that now and and have started like I've talked to so many people who were part of groups we never knew existed. And they were small groups, they existed for a while and they did their thing. And you know, like I think Damian Murphy in Seattle. Um, I think he, he trained with uh, Chris Manastre oh. and uh, and and a little bit with Jennings. And then he went off and did his own thing. He's a really great novelist and fiction writer. Damian Murphy is, if you haven't listened to that podcast, is an interesting one. So him and his group kept doing the neophyte initiation in Seattle for people. No robes or tools, really, I think, very much. Just like putting, they thought it was important that, that anyone who wanted to went through that neophyte initiation. I wow. thought that's that's something that and and i i don't think it's a bad something at all it's a thing and it's not a bad thing can i ever share with you my zero zero that i did with rush lyrics oh yeah i was looking at that today actually yeah oh cool <laughs> yeah i was actually like i was i thought of sending it to my students and i was like i should ask you first so did you like it it's it's great dude like i love uh musicals and even create and creating musicals and the whole that whole process so to see the neophyte initiation turn into uh a, a kind of musical set to the set to rush dude like go canada i only had to change one word in that whole song i only changed one word wow yeah everything word? else is straight straight from the lyric what was the word uh, instead of uh, this, I changed the rising to a descending because I did it for the uh, circumambulation. There's a there's a verse in there that I use for the circumambulation. So the first time, I don't know when it's clockwise, it's correct. But when it's, we do the counterclockwise one at the end, I have to change that one word, and that's it. Everything else is straight 
you know, they'd likely never get it, but you should send that to them just in case they do get it. Cause I, cause of course we know for a fact they would love it. I'm going to put it in a book and I'm going to, I don't know. I asked, uh, Getty Lee would get a kick out of that. I, you know, I, I think he really would. Yeah, of course. They know yeah, all about know the what, Golden Dawn. I think he knows what the zero zero is. Wouldn't you think? They're, they're, they, they know occultism That's what I'm well. Thinking. Well, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm going to publish it. I just can't make any money off of it because I don't have the copyright. <laughs> That's so, great. That's great. So that means I have to give it away. Well, the cool thing would be to turn it into some kind of awesome sonic multimedia music video or something like Dude, that. I would do, I would do that initiation every weekend for the rest of my life as in the neophyte to whoever wanted it. I could give it to my, my one, a buddy of mine and see if he comes up with anything. Well, I mean, all I have to do is film the parts and then find the, find the officers and go do it. We'll do it every Sunday except for football Sundays. Yeah, we can you do it on football. Sunday. You into Just football? You into football? Yeah, sometimes. I don't know. I haven't really watched. In it American football, man, it's like so silly. The field is so small. Like it's just it's constant touchdowns. Tiny, when we score touchdowns, like holy shit, someone actually scored. It's more like soccer. How come if it's the field is smaller? How come it doesn't? It should take them a shorter amount of time to score. No, our field's larger, way larger than yours. Yes, your field yeah. is. You've got Canadian football. In Canadian, I love Canadian football. Yeah, that's what you know. Sort of. All right. Sort of they should play it in the summertime, though. That way, it doesn't conflict with football. It's it's not popular enough for summer. <laughs> no, <laughs> they play it in the summer. It's it's all it happens all summer. I think it's no. It starts in the fall. It starts in the fall. Yeah. Anyway, I've I've been in years. Um, but yeah, you know, it's uh, always exciting. Our team always comes back at the very end, like half the stadium leaves because they're like, these guys have fucking lost again. And then in the last five minutes, we get like a touchdown over a turnover and a field goal. And every time I've gone, it's been exactly that kind of game. And uh, I guess I'm just lucky, but it's been very exciting. Yeah. Those are the good. Those are good games you want to be at. That's for sure. And I saw two hockey games in my life as a kid. My dad took me to see penguins play because i loved lemieux and he took me to see the kings play because i loved gretzky as well of course and in both games gretzky and lemieux each got them their asses kicked out in the first or second period <laughs> for complaining too much wow and i was like so heart traumatized by it and my dad's like they're the best but they're kind of whiny <laughs> i was uh I, I don't know god what a memory yeah. Yeah, I think there does need to be more options for people to go through Golden Dawn initiations, especially like the the 56 initiation cuz Sodalitas doesn't do the traditional 56 initiation. But you went through a traditional one, didn't you? I did. Yes. Yeah. I've been through both of them actually. Yeah, well of course. Yeah. And uh I don't know. They they, they each get the job done, but I I am glad I got to experience the the traditional one. Cuz to me that the gnosis that came with that, you know, and then from sitting in the in the tomb, you know, they'll put you in the tomb to meditate. And that's, that's that was a, quite an experience for me. I really felt what I was there to do, that's for sure. My heart enlarged like two different sizes. Those were good times.
Yeah, I mean, so it won't definitely. I mean, a good initiation like initiation that puts you right in the harmonious frequency of God. Man, that's a high that lasts two weeks, maybe three. Well, the Assyrian current, when you work it, you know, brings overflowing abundance, you know, to good and bad parts of your your spirit and life. It is. Like, I think, I think there's enough shadow work in there to, to kind of get you over the hump. Like, you know, there's, there's no mystery when you see people who have gone through those ceremonies being highly productive the rest of their lives and, and giving a lot to others. Like these are the. And to me, that's how I knew it was working. Yeah. You know, you could see it. I remember you when you came in as a neophyte. Oh yeah. You were, yeah. I never thought you'd make it. Look at you now. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? You thought I mean, I'd make it though the first week you met me. Oh, I knew it, you'd make it. You were a prodigy, it's, dude. It's funny. You were a prodigy. I was amazed by you. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a it was a good time. It was definitely the time of time of my life. You know, that's one of the problems with my experience is, you know, we how we mock and deride people who like who like peaked in high school. Right. Well, I peaked in high school, but it had nothing to do with high school. Because the best experience of my life, obviously, the journey is the best part. So the journey going through the grades and right. going through the temple experience of getting to see a temple form, get its legs under it, become very large and very effective and very beautiful. And uh, uh, and then, you know, the whole battle to survival in that in that in the in the in the culture, I guess you could call it, um, you know, things got rough. Things got rough in the in the old culture back then. And oh, yeah. uh, and uh, that was just, yeah, that was such a remarkable experience. Um, that was that was why high school was that's why I peaked in high school, because <laughs> that was that was my Hogwarts, man. And it was it was worth it. And it was, uh, yeah, very beautiful thing. So I hope more people get to have that experience. I know I noticed Prater Yeshi's got like his uh, uh, his um, franchise opened up now in Ireland um say franchise with love you guys i say it with love i was like i reached out and said i wish them well and wish them all the best because that's great keep it going yeah. you know they're doing the original initiations as well whatever that means well we know exactly what that means but right it's uh don't no judgment on those who aren't who are who are doing the regarding initiations or even the ao mathers only one circumambulation group initiations where you're uh you know that are massively cut down but hey it's a heresy uh, it's it is what it is i mean a lot of i mean mathers and those guys didn't even go through the initiations when they were initiating others I know. and there's leaders of these major golden dawn orders today who still have never been through any of the initiations no yeah no Tell me later oh no i don't believe that i mean if you're an officer in the initiation you've given yourself the initiation well, that's actually the that's and that's that's why that's the learning lesson from it. That's the story, right? One thing I was uh, talking to a buddy about. Uh, I was talking to a buddy in, in Scotland, and and he pointed out. Consider that it's not how 
the fact that you've gone through the initiations in any order or any temple, but how many times you've been through, you've, you've seen them and been at them and part of them because you're participating. I'm like, Oh, right. That really, that really is the truth, isn't it? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, I mean, I, I shudder to think how many, I know Paul had it, Paul had it written down. I might find it, but he had every ritual that he'd ever done written down in a, in a notebook and see uh, that's why we got along man man after my own heart like if 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 it's not in your if it's not in your ritual diary it didn't happen well his ritual diary spanned back the years granted you know he was about four or five years into it when he realized oh my gosh i need a comprehensive diary that and so he he went through all his back diaries and he found out and he put it in the new diary so got it pretty much from start to finish I will clarify for people because I don't want to give mislead anyone. What I said was tongue in cheek, and most of many of my best rituals and experiences are not in, written in any diaries. Unfortunately, that, that is unfortunate. <laughs> well, but, you know, you know, you do you do rituals in an impromptu all the time. You know, what but I mean? also like if you're running a temple and when when and then and you're also prepping for a for a Z formula ritual or a Solomonic ritual or an Enochian ritual, you're prepping for that while running a 120 person temple that's 24 seven active. You and after all that, you might not have time to write out the 30 pages of notes it would take to describe everything you experienced because, you know, it's 1 a.m. You did the ritual finally on your one night of the week where you can do your own work and not have to teach or do group other stuff and and you have got and you got to get up at 4 a.m for class so you're gonna sleep and uh that's just so a lot of you know i have my adept diaries but yeah like some of the stuff is just not in there and then again magic in everyday life um it's not like you know your whole life becomes magical after five six like everything yeah. is is it is happened before then like definitely can too. just meditate twice a day exactly yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I might start an order. We're just going to meditate twice a day. Then we'll put our students up in like a tournament of, you know, a wizard tournament. What do you think? We could have a wizard tournament? Um. Yeah, what would that look like? I don't know. It would look like my students who just meditate twice a day. They as long as we get to wear wizard hats. They would sit down and they would start meditating and then whatever it is your students do. You could have them demonstrate how high they can levitate over cushions and bounce along in a row like they're flying. No, because they'd never be able to do that because when they come up to me and they would tell me what they could do, I would say, that's nice, but focus on the dot. Go back and focus on the dot. So yeah, we don't develop those auxiliary skills till later. Well, that's what the yogic flyers in Maharishi's Transcendental Meditation are doing, right? Is they're doing the Kundalini exercises, and then the Kundalini explodes out the sacral chakra, and that's the energy they're using to bounce so high in the air. And you don't it's, really have to get it to explode, but if you the, the key is the the charge you apply to your cerebral spinal fluid. I'm convinced of that. Hey, tell tell us more. You know, your cerebral spinal fluid, it's it's the fluid that 
that wraps around your spine, obviously, you know, it flows around your spine and it will also flow up into your brain areas as well. And if you get that charged correctly, I mean, that's, that's the circuit, you know, from your sacral chakra all the way up to your crown and the electricity somehow, I think it just builds, you know, you build that electricity and that spark. That's, I, I don't know. That's what it seemed like to me because it just seemed like it was kind of like chilling there. I wasn't really pushing it up or down, you know, I was just kind of building it, building it, building it. I just spent a lot of time just building the thing. I didn't try to move it or push it or anything like that. And then one day that sucker just ignited. And when it did, it went wherever it wanted to. And I didn't have any say so in the matter. And so, I, and I didn't know then about all I needed to do was meditate because if I did, I would have, would have accomplished it a lot sooner in my life probably. <laughs> but sometimes I'm kind of stubborn when I'm taking my own advice. Yeah, aren't we all? Hmm. Yeah, I guess so, we are. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're already uh, an adept in the Sedalitas Rosea Crucis and in the Martinist Order OMS. Yes, and, and uh, uh, not a mason though. They didn't what? get you. Not no masonry for you. No, and you know I joined masonry, and I just got my injured apprentice, and I was, you know. I did it for Paul because Paul told me, hey, I'm having all these classes in, in the lodge and they're like on the Kabbalah or psychic self-defense or, you know, a bunch of the knowledge lecture stuff. And he's like, well, I need help. Will you help me? And I said, well, yeah, Paul, if you're asking me to help you, I will. I don't really want to, but I will because you're asking me to. And I know you need the help or you wouldn't ask me. So when I got my EA and I was studying it and I was learning the, you know, because you have to learn the whole ritual uh, ear to mouth you can't write it down uh, you know you just have to memorize it so you have to go and listen to them and then you know you can say it after them or there's different you know different people who tell the story they they have you do it differently but it doesn't matter as long as you learn it and two weeks after my initiation uh, Paul was doing a lecture and he was doing it at one of the main lodges there in the city and the, the next day the Grand Lodge from the state said no more don't be doing that anymore it's too close to the fringe. And so once that edict came down, I didn't care about masonry anymore. So I just let my two slabs. Yeah. Yeah, I just did the EA as well. Um, yeah. Just to say you did well, it? Well, no, I, I thought it would be different. But, yeah. you know, to, thought it would toasting, be cool. toasting the Queen of England and all that was not my steez. Yeah, that's not for me either. I should have joined an Irish lodge, I found out later, but it was, you know, too late. And I tried to join this other lodge that my friends are at here and that people I like, but they said I'd have to get reinstated and finish at my old lodge, which is now like moved to an hour of town instead of at the luxurious skyscraper they own just a few blocks away. So it's like... Slowly but surely, I'm going to reignite, you know, going like back you know for the thistle i think the thistle that we've gotten too soft in the thistle they're like all like they were very friendly with the queen and i don't know i represent the new faction of the thistle that doesn't like that is this uh this is what the order of the the thistle the yeah thistle. they're like the scottish knights yeah 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 like the order of the garter or something yes those are the two famous ones 
So yeah, you got the thistle. Yeah, well, I was I was I was at the right place at the right time for that one. I still have a, a purple thistle in one of my books over there. Um, nice. that I got from the hilltop overlooking Edinburgh. Oh uh, yeah! Right before I tried to slide down it to make better time through stinging nettles, while my friends stood up above laughing. I believe it. It was a beautiful, beautiful uh, sight. This the, the the brown city of Edinburgh below this green and rugged russet hill to hill. You know, Scotland's gorgeous, man. I could I could end up there. Yeah, that I meant to go the year of COVID. We we're, were going back to Europe, and we we're gonna. I was going to see like four or five different countries and it was, that was definitely on one of the stops. But then COVID shut that down. Stole my memory. Yeah. I mean, we're still shut down essentially. We, we can't, I can't visit you, but as soon as, uh, as uh, president sleepy pants uh, raises the restrictions, I'm going to get on a flight and come visit you visit Austin, Texas. Finally, you got to oh, take finally. me to kill Tony, man. I want to go to kill Tony. Okay. Yeah. Kill Tony. Any barbecue. Okay. Oh, dude, trust me, there'll be plenty of barbecue. That was one thing yeah. Paul would always do for if you were a first time Texan, first visiting the state, he would always take you to Lockhart, where we have three barbecue places in a very small town. I mean, Lockhart is very small. Maybe not even a hundred thousand people. Oh, definitely not a hundred thousand people. But it's small. And they have three barbecue places that their pits are over a hundred years old. Wow. Yeah. I know it's nothing like Europe, you know, where Europe, they have things that are a thousand years old, but we're not that old. And in Texas, 200 years, that's a, that's a good stretch. I mean, a hundred years, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Because when yeah. barbecue pit, it's all about the, I don't know, that crap that's in there, the soot, or mm. the, I guess it's, I don't know what it is. It's just black stuff that makes barbecue taste better. I, I can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, no, it hopefully the, the restrictions and the, the unvaxxed, unclean, dirty, uh, you know, cretins will be allowed to flood into your country from abroad. It's crazy to think that this for three years now, America's not allowed allowed any unvaxxed people in. Um, That's bullshit. Well, I mean, not Did in people walking across the border all, every day. Hey, none of them are vaccinated. What are you talking about? I wasn't talking about the border situation. I was talking about people flying in from Europe and Canada and other places. Oh yeah, the people who follow yeah. rules. Okay, yeah. yeah. If you follow rules, yeah. yes, you can't come to America unless I'm you're not vaccinated. About the the, the uh, foreign intelligent agents coming through the south. Yeah, but if you want it, if you want your state, God, just screw it, man. <sighs> hey. Well, I don't know. I'm super pro-immigration, especially for Canada, where we have no people at all. There's like no right, one here. Right, need people. So lame. There's no we subcultures. Should... There's no Ren fairs. There's no nothing. It's like no one's here. The music scene's been killed since the Olympics. Um, and it's like, you know, it's just struggling. And like on top of all of that, you have the fact that you guys got all these people coming in through the southern so we're letting people in we are letting in like half a million people a year but the government is doing this weird shit where they're only allowing two hundred thousand houses to be built a year and they're not building more so 
it's causing this mass homeless problem across the country, but every single city in the country is too cold to survive winter except here outside. Really? So, yeah. So if you go homeless somewhere in Canada, they give you a one-way bus ticket to Vancouver and some shoes basically. And you come here and join the tent cities and it's insane now. Um, and they're not building enough homes. And so people are losing their, it's crazy. Like they're forcibly causing mass homelessness, bringing in tons of immigrants and not give even giving them the option of having a home. It's not even an option. Because the so homes are being built. It makes no sense. Like this is why Trudeau's a fucking clown. Because he's you, doesn't it stand like, to reason as many immigrants as you bring in, you have to build at least that many houses? No one can figure it out. Everyone's talking about it and no one can figure out like what's the end game here? Because the problem is obvious. <laughs> it's basic math, you know, two plus two equals five we all know this oh my god and we all trust our faithful and righteous leader he is the good and noble leader and uh yeah we would never speak wow. out again yeah yeah well we never had free speech but like having a having a, a leader who imprisons their political opponents and bans them from speaking is tricky and that's what we're dealing with like you know you need opposition parties for this whole uh, charade to work. You do opposition because that's the whole way it works, right? Back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. Right. Or not only that. You I mean, like... that's when you really can come. I mean, if both sides are being honest, that's when you can come to some really valuable consensus. Yeah, good things can happen, and they are happening all the time. Good things the are problem happening. Problem is, too many times the losing team that get is all butt hurt, and they don't want to play with the winning team. And so the, whatever team's in power at that time, it's all their ideas without any counter ideas to make the ideas stronger. You know, like the left and the liberals, they have a lot of great ideas, but a lot of times they don't foresee the consequences of, well, how's this going to affect us three or four years down the road? What's it going to be like then? And because they never think of that, the problems that they create become, I mean, It's just way too much than if they just would have left it alone to begin with. I don't know. That's what it seems to me anyway. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be tough times. Like, yeah, we we got huge, you know, food. Fortunately we, we grow up a lot of food. So between us and you, we you feed us in the winter and we feed you in the summer. I don't know if you know that, but that's sort of I did not know that. I thought Mexico fed us all the time. <laughs> well, Mexico definitely mm does what mexico does um yeah. does a lot of things um but but yeah that's that's you know how, how it works though in, right now in canada the 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 problem is our farmers and like uh, dairy farmers are complaining because they're being forced to destroy all their food they're being ordered to destroy all their food because I saw they, that. they want the inflation to keep going up and they're just pretending like we don't have food and resources so that our, our like like everything's gone sky high it's absolutely insane right you know yeah it's yeah, uh dude. every time i go to the store it's crazy and you know i'm not trying trying not to be that guy who says see i'm telling you i've been telling you for months i've been telling you for years i've been telling you for decades on some of this stuff because that's just i mean just, just 
just deal with it and know that I think I think we won. I think we were talking about this uh, maybe it was earlier or the other day. I think it's, it's pretty much over. We won. <clears throat> well, I think it's going in a good direction. The the courts here just knocked down Trudeau's biggest restriction on the whole firearm debate. Like oh, so, good. Trudeau tried to push something through, and the courts struck it down. They're like, you can't take away people's. They tried to take, he tried to take away the hunting rifles of farmers and hunters. Like basic old school, like super, like these things. It's a miracle that they can kill anything. Honestly, um, you know, if you if you Americans saw what we're hunting with, like you would be like, that's not a gun. It's like what I would show my fiddler, my my yeah. fiddle that I play on that I've been playing on since I was a kid because I do like practicing the fiddle. I'd be like, I'd be like, here, uh, show me on my pit. I would show him, you know, I'd have my fiddle. He'd be like, it's not a fiddle. It's that's firewood. That's kindling. I'm like, dude, this cost me hundreds of dollars. He's like, this costs twenty thousand dollars. You know, there's the low grade ones really like, you know, under a grand a fiddle is kindling. So there's there's levels to this stuff. And uh, like, yeah, the 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 weird the weirdness going on with the with the with the food and the yeah false supplies and it's really really unnerving. I'm sorry, I'm jumping around a bit. That's all right. I think I'm getting a little tired myself. Yeah. Anyway, but I've. Uh... Just as a reminder, as soon as I find out about the, the official time and the, the link to follow Paul's memorial, I'll make sure to get that to you. Thank you. Yeah, well, we'll get we'll let, let anyone know about that who wants to yeah, know about. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, Paul, Paul, as well loved as he was, and as many things as he did, he always loved everyone back, I and mean, he he was he had a huge freaking heart. And I mean, with all the things he did, he was still the type of guy who, if one of your fratters or sores or were in the hospital, he he would find a way to go see him. Always. I mean, that's the type of guy he was. But all the stuff he did, and he still made time to go do that. God bless him, man. God rest his soul. You know, and that's another thing, too. It's like, you know, rest in peace. That wasn't really Paul's gig. I don't think he'd want that at all. I think he'd think that would be hell. You think his soul's on some psychedelic journey through the hyperspace realms? No, but I think wherever he's at, he's definitely hiking. You know, he's making a trip. He's, he's like, hey, what is there around here to see? He always wanted to know, what is there around here? What can we do after we eat? It's like, I thought we were going to go to the room and kind of like sleep a little bit. You know what I mean? He's like, no, no, no. We're in a new place. Let's go do something. Let's see what they got to offer. It's like, dude. Okay. I will. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we'll never get to do anything together like that. Hey, so, you know, um, generally I've been telling people it's like not, not my, my place to say, but people, a lot of people have, I've been flooded by messages of people asking what I know. Yeah. About what happened. What, what, what should the world know? What can the world know? Because you know, some people don't know anything, they can't. They and they're they're worried and they're scared and they. Well, they shouldn't be worried or scared. It was it was definitely an accident. I mean, it's just Paul worked so much and he did so many things that when he when he had a small window where he could just relax, he would relax to the extreme. You know what I mean? Even his even his relaxation was just like had something to do every minute, and and. 
he knew when he only had a small window, he had to make, make the most of it. And sometimes that led to a little excess, but we're all like that in some way. Why, sir, I do not know what you mean. Oh, I'll show you the next time I see you. <laughs> um, that's a deal. Um, yeah, let's, uh, you know, do some, uh, Ether working Enochian magic uh, to no, uh, influence the show political. You what I did. Remember when I the politics to to lack to let let us dirty unvaxed back into the U.S. just for a right. visit. And, for a no, the Enochian will do. We'll do that. Uh, the Mayan Enochian that I came up with. Remember? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you'd get. Mayan? I think you'd like that. Mayan Enochian. Yes. What's Mayan Enochian? He said, uh, when I was doing my Enochian, when I was scrying through the, you know, doing my Enochian work, and uh, I came up with the, the uh, oh, the correlations between the Enochian, a lot of the Enochian and the Mayan calendar, the Zulkin, there's a lot of easy to see correspondences if you just assign some of the entities. So yeah, I have a whole, I have a whole metaverse of that. Did you write a paper on it? No, but I have it in my journals. I could write a paper on it. That would be that'd be groovy. I need to work it a little bit more, I think. What an observation. What? It's a very cool, interesting observation. I, oh, yeah. I was I just uh, <laughs> finished the last few minutes of uh Dr. Al Cummings. He's a historian. Uh, who just put out Nazarth, the book of Enochian prayers he wrote with the angels using the calls to create prayers for geomantic work. And he's oh, a nice. doctor of history and a very cool sorcerer. He works geomancy still. Who specializes in geomancy. Dude, it's come back in a big way. Johannes really? Faust put out a, did a major Kickstarter and really is doing a ton of work. Nick Farrell, of course, has his book and his whole group focused on geomancy. And um and yeah and dr al cummins is really he he's like the between him and faustus johannes uh i'm i'm actually keen to try it again someday whereas it was really not my cup of tea i love the fact that we had to learn it memorize it and take tests on it because i love being forced to mem learn things i'm not interested in and take tests on them i think that's a healthy experience um and uh, but now I'm actually excited to like you know create a little geomantic divination box and some people are using the dice a lot again but and making beautiful versions of them. It's very you know, it, like you said. Like, it's a revolution. Everything's coming back, man. It's this tasters. Is, this is the notion that I came to regarding divination. Uh, you, you know, there's so many different ways to divine. I mean, almost as many as there are blades of grass under the sun. It seems, and the reason that is. It's because when you're divining, you're just getting in touch with your intuition. You know what I mean? And I think all divination systems and tools are just what you need in order to make to where you develop a relationship with your intuition. And then once you do that, you don't really need the tools anymore. They're great to have. And maybe, you know, you can become an X-Man if you pick the right one. But other than that, I think you just can just go and buy your intuition from then on. I have people ask me all the time, you, you do you reading for me? I said, I, have, I haven't done readings in forever, but I can look at you and tell you right now what you want to hear. But a lot of times it doesn't have the same kick for people. I don't know why. To each their own. 
I, I mean, psychism is 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 the a thing. Was come back because they it's said, you know what, you said that, and it did. It was it worked out just like you said. And I was like, well, at least you paid attention. And also, if you have a strong enough relationship with your uh, guides or holy guardian angel or higher self, then yeah, you don't need the mediation tools so much anymore. I think tools are still great for working with spirits because spirits respond, I think, very well to the colors. Like like we know, like Steiner and and the, and the Golden Dawn both contended that colors in the in in tools and stuff there they don't represent forces; they actually are forces. So they seem like they represent a thing to us visually but in the astral in the spirit world they don't represent a color they be they don't they don't they're not a color representing a force they are a force right and i think that and i've noticed how colors and geomet uh, geometric shapes on my altar and in my circle have massively influenced the way spirits interact and and are are invoked it's it's been one of the biggest revelations of the past five years for me is experimenting with different things and uh especially keeping the uh earth pedicle uncovered i used to always cover it when doing spirit work because of the the rumor that it would ground out all the spirit forces but in, i found it actually summons them better than ever and they all say the same thing because they like the shapes and colors oh wow it, yeah that's awesome so even to the extent that if i have it open on the altar i see the spirits moving down towards it instead of the crystal or if i'm using a mirror uh-huh so I have to like actually pick one and uh, I haven't worked with tried working with scrying using my earth pinnacle, but um, I might at some point just put a crystal on and be like, what if the earth pinnacle therefore is grounding the, the current and the spirit from the Yetzirotic realm through, through uh, the Asayic and the, the five senses. So I'm curious. Yeah. This is the first time I've talked about this. I haven't written a paper on it yet. It's definitely going to be in one of my upcoming books and courses that's written. But yeah, we'll see, man. I I'm I like experimenting with this stuff. That's one thing I love about Nick Farrell is that he's not afraid to experiment and forge his own path. Um, you know, so there's a lot of exciting stuff going on in magic right now, and it's fun to be a part of it. Yes, like I said, like we said earlier, it's the, you know, it's the golden age in a lot of different, not just in the orders you can pick, but the amount of magic you can do and just the, the amount of people that are interested that seem to be on the same page i don't know it's it's a great time to be alive i think yeah would have been cool to be what, i think i i'm getting pretty tired though yeah so, we gotta thanks for coming on the podcast uh, yeah, and no doing, problem. you know i come on every time and uh I'll, I'll come on again when I, if I hear something about that screenplay, we can come on and talk about that. And yeah. then uh, when I finish my book, obviously, we can do that as well. We uh, we almost hit the three-hour mark, which is fine. It's like how it's actually we took some breaks. So anyway, yeah. but that doesn't matter. Let, what's, what I what I want to say is we, yeah, we, tried, we did try to do this last Thursday. So thank you to my patrons who have been patient on patreon.com forward slash hermetic podcast <laughs> um, because I haven't gotten you something in like, 10 days 20 days now we tried to do it last thursday but literally there was no way it would have just been all fucking weeping literally literally just too much tears so thank you jeff for allowing me to reschedule because i would have no I, I was i when i when i thought about whether i could do it that day i started crying so like that's not a good start that's yeah. not a good start so yeah this way we got through it without any of the stuff that probably wouldn't translate to uh, audio only podcast and, and not necessarily <laughs> translate to in the best way on YouTube. I mean, Hey, um, 
you know. We'll see. I don't know. I'll, I'll be on your show anytime, brother. I love you. Yeah, I man. Mean, you're, one of, you're one of like the oldest magical friends that I have. You know, our, our relationship spans a number of years. I mean, it's like almost 25, 26 years now, isn't it? It's a long time. We met August 97. Lunasa. 97. We met on Lunasa 97. Oh, wow. So it's 26. Yeah, yeah we went to the Bodai tree. Yeah, all you did. Texans adopted me, which is why I have so many friends in all over Texas. <laughs> and now, coincidentally, a lot of my, a few, the largest number of my students, I think, are from Texas, just by chance. I mean, we got we got people from all over, but like, it's not by little, chance, sir. It's a little Texan brigade. Yeah, well, you Texas met one of them. Is, you, you, awesome. you, you, met, you met Ryan. Yep. You know, I think here, I think Austin had like all four of the major Golden Dawn groups at one time. I'm it did. Positive. Yeah, back yeah. in your Sula days when you had the yeah. Society of Magical Artists. And then we had, yeah, we had a, we had a lot of other Golden Dawn-esque groups as well. Yeah. Hey, yeah you something about the, something about the Austin area, man. It's it's the the, lime, the crystal that's in the limestone around there is very conductive to spiritualness. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, you, you funded conferences and all kinds of things. Uh, yeah. yeah the I, pink I was gravel, very nice the, to be active the, in those days. The pink uh, gar gravel? What is it? Pink? Oh, pink marble from around there. They used it in the Salt Lake City on their big temple. Yeah, I've been there. I've seen that. How is it? It's amazing. Salt Lake City actually was not a bad day. Um, we, we were just there. We were there on the way. I was going to a conference in Vegas for work with my work colleagues and we spent the whole day in Salt Lake City and yeah it was it was pretty cool actually beautiful sort of clean yeah nice yeah I mean there's and there's so much of America I still want to see I'm gonna I'm gonna do a at some point do a big road trip down the part east coast and and uh those sort of the only part of America I really haven't seen is straight up straight up the gut been out to both uh, coasts up and all the way up to the top and uh but up if, just need to go up 35 i've been to oklahoma kansas i haven't been north of that straight up though on the sides i have yeah yeah no i've done the west coast to death i mean it's beautiful you could do it forever but like yeah i wanted there's so many so many things i want to say i want to see like savannah georgia new orleans of course my friends in new york and all throughout the East Coast, and of course, yeah, down to Texas. And and you know, before I died, I'd love to do all the cheesy alien shit in Roswell, just because you know, I'm a I'm a nerd. <laughs> oh, that's that sounds like fun though. Highway sixty six. Yeah, no, there's time. There's still time to do that stuff before, you know, the bell tolls. Dude, the bell's not going to toll for a long freaking time. You know. Every year we live, Especially we are six months. Every year we live, we're adding six months to our lifespan. You know that through science and technology. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the future. Uh, the rich uh, oligarchs will rule us. We we have a plan for the new future, and the future will be very beautiful. And we will rule you all, and you will be you will own nothing and be happy. You know what? I've been to a lot of different timelines, and I've never seen that timeline. So I think he's full of shit. Dude, they're full of shit and they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose. Fucking yeah. smarter and smarter people than them 
better people than them, more evil people than them tried this shit a hundred years ago or, you know, in the thirties and forties and they fucking failed. They fucking exactly. lost. They made, they killed a lot of people. They made life hell for, for millions, for decades, almost a century, but fuck it. They fucking lost. So yeah, no, got to stay white pill, brother. Yeah. yeah. All right, brother. I'm out of here. Much love. Thanks for being on Magic Without Fears and may uh, the bro- the soul of our brother Paul Edward Rana rest in peace and uh, or better said how would you say it? Paul, kick some ass up there. That's what he's, that's what he's going to do too. He's going to kick some ass up there. Amen. All right.